Hello. <laughs> I lost the thread already. It sounds like Borat. Jesus. Hello and welcome back to the Ark of Ease. Arctober. All horror. Spooktacular. I am Noah. And I am Gavin. And we both have traveled across oceans of time to be with you this evening. Sorry, you seemed like you needed some help. I did. I, I, you know, I must say you do sound much better than last time. (laughs) You sound as if you were on death's door. (laughs) I, I've actually been listening to a lot. Dropping it, officially dropping it. Wait, is this what we're doing? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. No, I mean officially, we're dropping. Yeah, we're dropping it now. Okay. Because like I wanted to do this really neat like intro like. I ruined it. Sorry. It was in the evening of the 27th of August, 2020, when I first realized that my lineage had been changed forever. Upon hearing this, I awoke from my bed and wrote, because like I've been listening to a lot of Lovecraft stories and short stories, and the guy who reads them, it's weird to it think. That, exactly like him. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, he, he's British and all that, and they do it, but I just, I don't ever... It's like these people reading his stories are all like British or they have these accents. And I'm like, he was an American. This was early, like 19th century. So it's weird that like, I feel like there's some kind of association with like British and British horror like with maybe him. Maybe it should be more like a mid-Atlantic, like Hepburn accent for these. Or a it, lot of them are in Maine, right? They're all up north. Up in yeah. Maine? Yeah. Maine? Bang of Maine. <laughs> it was real I realized okay. that I, yeah, it's just, yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to talk about Lovecraft Country. It officially wrapped, so we'll have a little bit of a season one review baked in with all of our other stuff. Uh, I, I want to, I guess I'll do a quick story. Go for it. Uh, from the top, so rarely get to do this. Um, it's a story from the front lines oh, uh, of of food service industry people Yeah. in the year 2020. Okay, so I'm going to try and make it like a Reader's Digest version. Go for it. Uh, without giving away too many specifics of where I work. So that it doesn't give away I'll paint the my setting location. We're in a small yeah. seaside villa overlooking a, a very, very well-to-do, affluent shopping complex. There's sure. high-end stores. There's, there's really great grocery stores. stores. There's gas stations. There's a lot of... You're making it sound... A lot of upper-class Even people. fancier than it actually is. But anyways... I'm just trying to hide where you work. Sure thing. There's a couple customers already seated in the restaurant. In South Carolina right now, you can eat in a restaurant without your mask on. But for a while, the town ordinances were requiring people to wear them while interacting with service members. Like when you come up to place your order, for instance, at a fast casual place. Okay, so they the re-vote on that happened a while ago because they only they did it for, what, 60 days or something. You, like you, I know you don't know any of this. Every little township is different and has done their different stuff. Anyways. Mm-hmm. They voted on it again, and they didn't, like, reinstate it, basically. So now it's, like, not a town mandate, but as a private restaurant, which we are, private business, you can require whatever, as long as you have clear signage posted. That's how it was in Florida. It's like it's your prerogative, essentially. Yeah. And we have mass-required signs. And pretty much everybody is chill with that, except for the guy I'm about to tell you about. Oh, anyway, So there's a couple people sitting down in the restaurant already eating. There's people in line. I see this gentleman enter. He's about two people back in line. And I see he doesn't have a mask on. And so I finish with the current customer. Next person comes up. I'm like, excuse me for a moment. And I ask the guy, do you have a mask, sir? Immediately, 
No. Just total attitude. Okay, sir, if you don't mind waiting right outside for me, I'll be out to help you with your order in just a moment. And he's like, oh, I already placed my order. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I know who it is based on the fact that he told me he had already placed the order. So I get everything together. I take like a separate little iPad out. Start to check the guy out, okay? All I said, gonna be cash or cart, sir. <laughs> he says, cart. I'm doing the payment process, etc. And immediately, the guy launches into his spiel. He's just like, makes a lot of fucking sense. People can eat without a mask on, but I gotta wear one while I'm waiting in line. And I'm just like, I'm not gonna engage with the dude's attitude. So, all I say is, would you like a receipt, sir? To which he replied, no, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah. 2020, a year of many firsts. Uh, first time I've ever been told to go fuck myself by a customer <laughs> at a restaurant where I've worked for over six years at this point. Okay. And she so, didn't say anything back to him. You didn't, no, you, you didn't shine I, him on or nothing? I you weren't did. like an asshole afterwards or no? No. Okay. So when you check a person out and they're paying with a card, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know this, if they use Square Register or any of the other apps or whatever. There's an optional payment screen, <laughs> and I, yeah, I I made the mental calculation in the moment to not even bring that up, because in retrospect, that definitely would have been like, hey, uh, <laughs> there's an optional tip screen, sir. <laughs> like, definitely, probably, I would have been engaging with it at that right. point. I would have been an asshole. He would have been justified in what he was about to say to me. Right. But as it played out, he just said, no, <laughs> basically, no, I don't want a receipt. You can go fuck yourself. And all I, I kindly reminded him that we have curbside delivery available and to have a nice day, sir. And uh, that was the end of that interaction. I just love it if he was one It was away. much better the first time I told you. I, I know, but it's still good here. I would just, like I said good earlier. to get it down for posterity. I Hopefully loved, that is the, the worst I have to deal with at my job. I just love the fact that like now there might be people who hear this and they're just like, hey, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> just like, you. if yeah. anybody does that from now on, you'd be like, you could just be like, did you listen to my podcast? <laughs> Do you, are you a fan? Like, yeah. you just randomly out of nowhere. And by the way, Robert, if you're listening, <laughs> last name unknown. I'm not going to go fuck myself. I'm going to go fuck your mom. <laughs> or like something terrible. I don't know. I sent that to our good friend Sunshine Mayfield. And he replied, well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think you need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> happy scary. birthday, by the way. To, I was like, also, happy birthday. I was like, this happened to me at work a few minutes ago. Also, happy birthday. <laughs> Wait, his birthday, birthday today. Same, Dude, same day as brother, our... Uh, no, no, no. There are five people with dad's birthday. Who are the other ones? Okay, so you and got, are any of them celebrities? No, nah, I don't know. Um, any so of them got, ever star in a horror movie? I don't think so. Okay, sorry. Okay. Who, who? First one, okay? Really exciting for maybe like... Maybe, a few of the, maybe these people are listening. I hope I not. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they do. Um, first one, Brittany Hudson girl that i had a crush on in high school okay second one um megan gainey i think she may be going by megan hendrix now i think she married my buddy cody i think they live down here i'm not sure she's the 27th third and final person i know my friend tiffany lynn used to live in sumter i think she actually no she actually worked for the predators in um tennessee now pretty crazy so those three people are born on the 27th of october 
and your buddy Mayfield and Dad. So that's five people on one day. Okay. Crazy, right? Well, let's see. That is pretty crazy. Let's see what celebrity company. Yeah, let's do keeping. that. Yeah. Okay. And again, seriously though, happy birthday to our pop. Yeah, happy birthday, Chris Plant. We we just called him a minute ago, so we did. Yeah. Uh, and that's the last of the. The Blanchard Thank October birthday. Thank God, days. man. I cannot uh, wait. Yeah. I'm died. Wearing okay. me out over here. Some decent ones here. Old Patrick Fugit from uh, Almost Famous, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, who else we got on? John Cleese. Okay. You got a Python on there. Yeah. Uh, Robert Picardo. Some people like Picardo. Uh, Ivan Reitman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Benigni. Oh. Um, any Kelly Osborne, <laughs> Ruby D, the great Ruby D. Oh, there's a lot of people, a lot of celebrities. I skipped over a lot of people. You want to know? You wanna those about, are the big you wanna, guns. What, you know about yours? Guns. You know the big gun on yours? No, October 11th. This is really this is great content. Yeah, no, just because we miss it with you, um, Miss Cardi B. I think I realized that on the day. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Luke Perry. Passed away last year. I don't know if you know uh, Rhett McLaughlin. He's on uh, a YouTube show, YouTube channel. Hilarious, the two of him. Oh, him and his okay. buddy. It's a, he's a YouTube star. You we probably won't know. this up whenever. Um, I can know. There's like one or two. Oh, Matt Boomer. <laughs> okay. Magic Mike, dude. Come I'm on. I'm aware. Okay. Um, there was like one other cool one I thought you might like. There's the... Rikishi, the wrestler. Dude. Michelle Trachtenberg. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, can we move on? Yeah, we're do- we're good. That's it. That's all you got. All right, birthday shoutouts are done. Done. Taking care of. Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, and yeah, weird start to the episode. Weird October this year. Yeah, only got two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Care man. to comment? <laughs> a lot of stuff, man. Like, just I. It doesn't help that I was off for the first little bit. And I feel like if we don't hit it running, like we get like a an episode in day one. Well, this entire year has an asterisk by it. And now, so does October 2020. Yeah. I've been trying to keep spirits up, but I, I admit it to you. I, I dipped my toes back out of horror a few select times this month. Yeah. Because they dropped a lot of stuff in our, in October. I yeah. I keep wanting to say October. But uh, I mean, you should keep saying it just to keep the vibe alive. I know we've got tons of movies to discuss, but maybe up front, reactions on Lovecraft Country now yeah. that it's all said and done. And I feel like there's probably a handful of people, uh, I know Sunshine Mayfield included, who were waiting for it to be over so they could binge it, essentially. Right. So I feel like a lot of people are still catching up with it. We don't have to go like... But it's also been like a week since, so I feel yeah. like if you haven't binged it, we don't listen. Can, we can, uh, yeah, we can do full-on spoilers however deep you want to go. We can talk more generally but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll denote it in the show notes uh, when you can jump ahead for what we've been watching. Basically, the the October movies segment, if you will. Right. But uh, yeah, let's talk Lovecraft Country. Before that, I will say very briefly because I know you haven't watched any of it. The third day wrapped up. It's oh, kind of yeah. horror adjacent. I'm gonna catch that um, before I could do uh, Raised by Wolves. I don't wanna. I don't want to deter you going into it because I enjoyed the experience overall, the live stream especially. Mm-hmm. But it did kind of dip in the back half. 
which is going to be a running theme with another horror series that I'm going to discuss later in the episode that maybe you've seen. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's on Netflix. Probably not then. Okay. Unless it's Kingdom. No. Uh, Which is, I guess that counts actually. Yeah. Season two was earlier this year and it Mm -hmm. was fantastic. But I digress. Lovecraft Country. Season one. Don't know if we're getting to season two. Definitely could could see one happening but yeah. i also from my very teensy teensy bit of research seemed like they hit all of the major stories in the book yes and then added some to begin like to begin with so theoretically you know you go the leftovers route and it's like okay there's no source material for season two where do we want to take it right and you figure it out and i i would be down for it I, we talked on the previous episode when we were about what, like six or seven in. We had one more, two well, more. You at that were point. fully on board, and I yes. was a little more like, "Hey, I've had some problems with it." But then I get, um, a t- I got a text after that episode though, and you were like, "Okay, ties everything together." I, I not necessarily everything, but episode nine did a lot of legwork in getting me back on board with the show in a big bad way. I think it's the best episode of the season. It's, this is re- Rewind 1921. Yes. Can we just take a minute to talk about that? You forget about it, but this is the second show in 2020 that has a it, Tulsa, yeah, Oklahoma. It was 2019, but yeah. Well, no, because like, didn't Watchmen end? Oh, it ended in this. It ended 2020, didn't it? I thought it ran into 20. Pretty sure Watchmen ran from October huh. um, through December. And then it was done. I, I thought it ran into January because it, it was the like last it, it show was that the... I remember like posting a rating for of last year. Hmm. So I feel like it was fall. You know what? Because maybe there was a gap, and then the outsider happened, and I completely outsider forgot. was earlier this year. You know, right? You forget about that one. Yes, and I was thinking. Okay. Anyways, I don't think people have forgotten. If anything, that was the thing. Like as soon as I realized, oh, we're doing the Tulsa riots again, or the Tulsa massacre. Excuse me. Yeah, it's not a riot. It's a wrong phrasing there. Um, Yeah, right. December fifteenth, twenty nineteen. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's face it. Knowing that they were doing it again, right? We say again, but it's like any show. Like it's surprising. We talked about this when Watchmen happened. That like that's how most people, myself included. Learned that that was a thing, right? I mean, and I knew. Well, like, see, the thing was, the I fact knew about that it, it had not been represented in popular culture really at all, other than maybe passing like references and dialogue in right. like some other movies and shows. But yeah, so knowing they're going to hit that again, and knowing how well Watchmen incorporated those events into its narrative, I immediately was like, "I is Lovecraft gonna like?" shit the bed with this is it gonna like hit home and it a hundred percent did i thought it was an incredible episode top to bottom and brought together a lot of stuff that seemed very peripheral from early episodes that now felt like oh well without some of that in place and maybe setting it up was a little clunkily done but without some of that setup of like um Of Letty getting the, um, like, invincibility spell from Christina and everything. Mm -hmm. Without, like, that happening an episode or two prior, we we don't organically or maybe kind of clumsily still, but get to an excellent payoff of the sequence where, like, 
the house is burning down around her and she's able to like be there with her ancestors as it's happening right and like all of that stuff and these emotional beats that it hits with dude any anytime we have a time travel story that eventually leads to like oh you were that dude this was always gonna happen this way, right. kind of thing. Like, as soon as you he were said, that person, as soon as he said something's time. wrong, yeah, I was like, oh no, oh shit. <clears throat> and then to, to take it back to the first episode, I got you, kid. Where that's what fucking Jackie Robinson says to him in the opening of the very opening of the show. Yeah. Which we, I will say this: you probably don't remember what song is Atticus listening to whenever he wakes up from that dream when he's on the bus. Life could be a dream. Mm-hmm. Same song they listened to in the last episode. That was my bold take that this is all, it's, it's Jacob Slatter, dude. It's all in his head. This is just a dream story of his. You could snap back. He could, definitely... wake, he could wake up back on that bus and know that if he went on that journey, he went down that line, he was going to lose his Uncle George. He was going to lose his life. He was going to lose all this stuff. So what could he do? My, my pop's gone. Oh, well. I'm going back to Florida. Bye. And that would have been it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. No, you get I mean, to So I thought a lot of great emotional climaxes right. in there. Kind of the payoff of the whole Atticus Montrose yeah. dynamic throughout the whole season really came together. Um, and the setup for like how we're going into the, the finale. I'm like, all right, what is this going to be? Because I was like, this was such a high watermark. I was like. Are we? Is this going to be a finale that feels like a bunch of setup for season two? I was like, what is there ultimately to wrap up? Like, right. where, given where we are now, and of course it's the showdown with Christina, which given how it plays out, is just kind of like, well, you, we couldn't have just done that to her like five episodes ago, right? Like, I did. I didn't fully connect it. Like, okay, well they had to do all of these steps to get to the point where they could cast the spell, etc. The, some of the magic stuff is very loosey-goosey, and I feel like you just go for it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how I felt like you know some of the thematics were a little more surface level, a little more like, hey, here's a passing reference to this thing you should go check out that might enrich your experience with this, but we're not going to dwell on that too much. That's more like you can do that work yourself, or you're, bringing, or you're already bringing that work to this, and you're it's really hitting for you, essentially. Right. Um, Whereas maybe I wanted it to be a little more explicit. Anyways, I felt like in the back half it really ramped up. And the finale left me in a place where, like I said, I'm super amped for if we get a season two and what that could possibly be. And if it's essentially like the, you know, the family with these magic abilities and how they affect society around them, like moving forward in the timeline, which I guess we're... We'd be moving into the 60s, right? Right. That could be really interesting if we just kind of jumped forward in time. Right. I don't, I, I don't know. And again, I feel like this is either not playing for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. So we can maybe keep moving unless there's like some big things you want to hit. I, I just want to ask, been... like, what do you think? What do you think of what did you think of the crazy us like things that were coming after D, who is actually a boy named Horace in the novel? Because I thought bringing in the book after the time travel was great. 
And I know a lot of people talk about like you're talking about the two twins, and she like the, essentially the, is getting. I mean, that was very effective. That was like fucking. It follows with us all wrapped into one, man. Yeah, because they acted creepily and moved creepily like they do in us, and it was like only she could see that shit. And the fact and that like yeah, they get when her it was taking her over, and then the process of like getting it out of her again, the visual effects on the show, both fully CG and the practical stuff they're doing, is so like well integrated together it's so ah it's great that's definitely that's one of the things i did not necessarily expect was to like be wowed by the makeup right it kind of like reminded me of early goings of walking dead right it still felt like oh my god dude like how they do that yeah they're doing some crazy stuff on you and then every once in a while you get one that was like too much cg and you're like oh i hope they don't move more in this direction and then of course i guess over time it became more cost effective to like yeah we're gonna chance it on some episodes, and then we'll go hardcore. I don't know. I've dipped out of that show. I know it's ending now. There's Maybe like three different shows now. It's point. ridiculous. Yeah, it's ending, but then there's going to be like four or five more shows, so I don't, I don't get it. All I know is Kirkman's living large and that fat, fat paycheck every every he month. Sure I do want to see that Invincible that's coming on Amazon. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. All over, I give the show a 9.9.5. I was really wanting a Cthulhu like showdown at the end because I don't know. I just this got to save something for season two. If, you got if to. that is in and fact I mean, something you that did, they you did they see him in the opening, and there's a ton of different stuff going on, and there's tons of references to Lovecraft, and people talk about you know the, all the stuff with his books, and I was having this conversation the other day with my roommate, and I was like, "You ever notice how Lovecraft's like it's all the same? Like it's just like." Oh man, something happened to me, and like I'm telling you about it. Don't worry about me. I I'm crazy, but like it's okay. But they're all the same. Like it's almost they're yeah. all the. Same. It's fucking. It's crazy. Kind of like Stephen King. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just oh, saying. There's I'm like four absent- or five stories, and then you know, you just. You I'm just a play jazz over time, baby. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dad. Some cocaine jazz. I'm a I'm a doctor dad. I'm a writer dad. I'm a <laughs> I'm an absent dad. I'm not yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I've watched a lot of Stephen King and a lot of Lovecraft. I wanted yeah. this I really wanted to like try and find something to like salvage because it's been hard just with this year being out of it with vacation, other stuff that's just I, like I, we'll get into that with like what I've watched, but I definitely have found myself like Hitting some of the old favorites, trying to explore some Me new too. stuff I haven't seen, but also like intentionally watching some some duds that I know are just going to be like, wait, why did I, yeah, why did I waste a viewing on that one? Mm-hmm. Just because I've been like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have. I've just been doing like, I want to count it. Right I'm just counting. I want to have something because that's like, a bit of it. But yeah, and we'll, then the the fact that we tried to record a few times and it just hasn't happened. I've just it's been towards the back end. It's been like. Put something down there. Have a nice long list. Even if you just like, Ugh, I don't know why I did it. There are a few good ones in there that I honestly want yeah, to recommend to people, which I'll save to the end. We'll okay, yeah. Make them listen to all two hours. No, I'm just saying, dude. Like we should do like trash. What was I thinking? New ones. Oh, we and then definitely like play definite recommends. Okay. So Lovecraft Country, I. I was at like, if anybody cares, I was at like an 8 out of 10. I'm glad I took the whole journey. I was a little up and down with it, but overall I thought it did come together in the back half quite nicely. I enjoyed the performances constantly. The effects were awesome. Some of, you know, some of the narrative felt really rushed. Some of it felt like it didn't fully connect, but at the end of the day, it was entertaining every single week. And we talked about this on the previous episode. I was always amped to come back. 
Mm-hmm. And so I've got I got a pretty long runway, I guess, with that show where like if they did a season two, I'm on board for the entirety of it, knowing that like, oh, there might be some hit or miss elements, but like I like the vibe and it truly is what I mean, in a year when like the boys season two, we have, we can save and talk about it down the road. I'm sure when it's going to show up on possibly our top 10 list for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But where that came back in and like killed it. And of course that's, you know, the, all the buzz around it was like, Oh, it's like, it's fucking shocking dude. And it's ballsy and it goes for it. And it does stuff. You don't think they're allowed to do on TV, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then you have a scene where but like a, a white woman tears off her flesh and becomes a black woman or back and forth because there's a potion that they drink. And the entire time, I know it's CG, but I'm just like, holy fucking shit, these visuals. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the, but this is what I paid for HBO for. Yeah. And I, I think, honestly, HBO has kind of been sorely lacking that a bit. Yeah. In the last few, like, big, you know, big tent pole series they've been right. putting out is a little bit of a batshit factor. Right. And there was definitely some just, like, I respect the game. They're they're fully going for it in this show. Oh, it's not like always the, gonna like fire on all cylinders, but when it does, it's pretty special. When she like transforms on the boss, and like I wanted you to know that did this to you. Like I I was laughing my ass off because I'm like pretty much this fucking show went there. Everybody that I've spoken to about it talks about the stiletto. Yeah, like that's that is a <laughs> one of those scenes that everybody's like. It's a real heel. Oh shit! I was not expecting that. It's a solid heel for the the show, like a real bookend. <laughs> yeah, a real you know something to really put your feet. Hit it just your, a little bit harder. <laughs> 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 okay, um, but yeah, we, we both had a great time with it. Uh, highly recommend Lovecraft Country. A, a TV show. We'll go ahead and do it right now before we transition into movies. A TV show I'm less inclined to recommend to you, unless you're already investing time in it, or you've probably already binged it. I know like a billion people already have. Maybe not a billion, a couple mil. The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. Did you watch The Haunting of Hill House? I, don't I know did. If we ever discussed this. I enjoyed that. Okay. Did you what, watch Bly Manor? What is that? That's the follow up, essentially. Same cast? Same cast, different story. A lot of the same cast, but different story. This is the turn of the screw. They did the turning earlier this year. Um, they Very famous novel. It's been adapted a bunch of times. Henry James, is that right? Okay. Dude, you took more like, literature courses than I did? I, I took know. detective fiction. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You want Ask to detective me. November? Didn't we do that once? We tried to. Detective December, didn't we? We'd like recap True Detective knowing we were going to get... we were getting it in January. True, yeah. That's what it was. That was a good time. That was fun. Detective December. We really mainlined the secret truth of the universe on that one. Yeah. Yep. Time is a flat circle. It's a spiral. We do not have to go into any details whatsoever, but I completed the Matthew McConaughey What the Fuck episode today, and... My in high contention for podcast of the year. Oh my god, dude! Great stuff. I told you, I got to read his book. Like, if you just Christmas is around the corner, I'm just saying. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So don't watch the haunting of whatever manner. No, I'm. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. First half, I'm like, dude, why is everybody so? Because there was a lot of mixed reactions when it came when it dropped. Right. And I got to it about a week later. 
And I had heard mixed reactions from my friend group as well. Some people who were like, oh, dude, sucks, not scary, not not digging it. Or, like, I don't know what those people were talking about. About midway through, I'm of the opinion, is this better than the first season? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of peaks in episode five, and it is a steep drop-off for the rest of the season for me. Ouch. The horror is kind of drained out of it just past the midpoint when you kind of get what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then the the underlying narrative is like there's not as much there there as you think there's gonna be. Hmm. Uh, I don't want to say too much for people who haven't finished it, but I was I, I thought the the back half was sorely lacking, really fell off for me, and agree with the general sentiment, the general sentiment that it was not as scary as the first season. Yeah, I remember the first one being really. But there's fucking a lot scary. of there's a lot of buried hidden ghost stuff going on in the background interesting filmmaking techniques but it should be noted mike flanagan who directed all of uh hill house directs the pilot of this one Hmm. and then maybe one more but other than that you've got different directors for every episode and i feel like you could just feel it was like didn't have the flanagan touch or the magic it was people trying to do an imitation of what he does uh so, I wonder yeah, why people do of, that. Kind of a mixed bag. Well, because apparently he's working on this other show called Midnight Mass, which has like most of the same cast from Hill House as well, and people who were used in Bly Manor again. But that one sounds pretty interesting. Sounds a little more Wicker Man-ish. I think there's an island involved. It sounds like more like what I wanted the third day to be. Right. Um. Yeah. So um, did you watch the? We'll see what happens. Sandler with that. Halloween I think that's movie? Netflix as well. Hubie Halloween? Yeah. It's on my list. Okay. Are we doing movies now? No, cool. I'm just wondering well, because, no, let's like... let's do it. I mean, let's I, jump right in. Well, because, like, I, I haven't yet. I wanted to save it for closer to the day, but I remember the big article of, like, oh, Sandler says since he got snubbed for the Oscar, he's just going to, like, gonna make, make the, the worst, worst movie Halloween. possible. Yeah. I mean, I like a man who keeps his promises. I had a blast with Hubie Halloween. I was going to say. say dude. No, it's so much dude, fun. We should have so asked Dad if he's watched it yet. Oh, Dad, I feel like Dad probably dude, saw this on. Dude, just the... You should just, just come down Saturday and alone, watch it. Just the aesthetics alone, you'll be like, dude, this is just all I want from any movie. It's exactly. That's the Halloween what, vibe. Yes, that's... But there's no... like, And then at some point you're like, are there genuine stakes to this? How invested am I? What, you know, some of it's dumb as hell, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. It's just all of his buds having a good time. They do the closing credits and you're like, I'm like, dude, this looks Blast, dude! Like everybody's dressed uh, up in pe- Halloween costumes, people, just riffing. People fucking talk about it. That dude is that. People make fun code, of him. Dude. He cracked the fucking code. He I gets feel paid. like everybody has now come back to the like. Oh yeah, we wanted to give him shit for all that. No, this was like, this was great. Like, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, yeah. Do I mean, something cool and different, like an uncut gems, every couple years, whenever the fuck you feel like it. And then you know what? Just crank out the fun comedies, man. This all. Hubie Halloween almost made me want to go back and like, do I need to watch the Ridiculous Six now? Do I need to watch? Do I need to go watch Little Nicky? Do I need to watch? I mean, Little Nicky's part still part of the like the good period, I would say. That's what the, is like, the bad period? Where well, is that's the, when the that's is it Grown Ups? What are we talking here? I think Grown Ups is yeah. I mean, that's like for most people. I'll give I guess, you a Click. The, I'll give you a Click. Maybe I think Click is where it starts waning for people. And Spanglish. Eh. Spanglish is not a Sandler movie. That's true. It isn't. It's a James L. Brooks movie. I got you. I liked Grown Ups. A little bit I saw of it. I didn't okay, see the whole we, thing. We don't have to adjudicate Sandler's career. 
He's great. I just we love people him. on vacation, like big, you know. Whenever you watch it, we can talk about it. Yeah. Not that there's a ton of depth to it. But oh, I'm sure there isn't. I will tell you. I'll this. text you about it. How I about will that? tell you this though. I was like, dude, it it has so many references to his like entire catalog. I'm talking about like characters from Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore mm-hmm. that show up in this movie, and you're just like, fuck yeah, dude. It's uh, yeah, and I was just like it. It literally feels like he's doing the big budget version of what Kevin Smith has been doing for the last. That's like, what I was going to ask you. Half, is it like which is he's Bob, just like I'm just playing the hits for my audience, dude. I mean, he's doing straight up like stuff <laughs> in this movie in character, and you're just like, dude. I love it. He's like fucking almost sixty now. Like, yes, just keep doing this. I, I don't mean I may be lying on his age. He's probably not in his mid fifties. He's probably, probably like just turned You're fifty, right. if anything. Probably. Uh, yeah, Hubie Halloween was totally fun. Not a great movie, but I do not regret the hour and forty minutes I spent with it. Even though it felt like it was like four hours long. Fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. Looking good. Yeah. Okay. So that kicked us off. I recommend that one. You haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. That would go under the first timers category, which I feel like I'll lead with, and then we can run through the hey, these were rewatches for me, etc. So are we? Go- Let's go one for one and see how long this shit lasts. Okay. And we can go as long as uh, we want. Uh, we want on any blood, original movie. If blood Quantum. Say. Haven't checked this one out. Exclusively available on Shutter. Correct. Yes. Okay. Shout out to Shutter. Mm-hmm. I think they still have the 30-day trial if you want to check it out. It will run into November, of course. But, I mean, hey, what do you got to lose? Just don't yeah. don't forget to cancel that shit afterwards. Right. But, yeah, shout-out to Shudder. Tell me about Blood Quantum. Give me the brief rundown. Okay. We got a lot of movies to get Zombie through. apocalypse. Only people who aren't outright effective, Native Americans. They might be in Canada. They might be on the like the border. Not sure. But, basically, you get the setup. You get six months later how the how the natives like Indian Native Americans are like surviving, and then it becomes the should we let the white man in? Should we do this? And you have the old guard who's like we got to do right by everyone. It's what it's our way. You got the young guard of like fuck that, like they treated us dirty, blah blah blah. blah. And then of course in every zombie movie something comes along to fuck up the peace and the security you have inside your your fortified area, and then it all goes to shit. And I'll leave you with that really fucking good one of the best like the lone indian with like a giant like sword fighting zombies like in a spiritual with like the traditional music battle music like kind of coming up beautiful um i was practical effects are really good by the cover art but i didn't even delve in to get that whole plot description so um really good i reckon i told mom about it when you when we came up for your birthday all right blood quantum yeah that was a new one obviously uh yeah okay i will maybe i'll try and squeeze that in see we're getting into crunch time we're recording this the last week right of october so now i'm in that territory where i'm like dude do i even want to chance anything new or do i just want to like hammer home some classics because i there's that's a what, lot of that's stuff what i've been put doing on. this last week and yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes like these are huge stakes i love them. yeah but for us i guess it is it's the most high stakes thing going on in our world right now right, right. It's the only thing to worry about. <clears throat> okay. You're going to be so happy. I don't know, dude. It's top of the so ninth, happy. and Los Angeles is up three to one. That's a little bit more higher stakes. <laughs> I'm only saying that because I bet $2, and I'm winning five right now, so I'm just, just keeping you informed. The Dodgers are probably going to be Gavin the new ba- basketball. is a gambling man. Okay. 
you're going to be happy. Uh-oh. Because I finally watched Night of the Comet. And what do you think? I thought it was very, very fun, and I'm glad that I finally watched it. This goes in the maybe asterisk category. It's not, I mean, it is borderline not even like horror comedy. not at all. It's just pretty much a straight-up apocalyptic comedy. And I, I loved it, dude. And the other thing, I think about 10 or 15 minutes in, I looked up the budget because I was just like, dude, this how'd they do the exterior? I could tell stuff like was matte painting mm-hmm. and just like... Models but and stuff. I Just in general, though, I was like, dude, this looks like really good. Yeah. And the way they did the essentially like the opening of 28 Days Later where you hear about like how they had to shoot that surreptitiously and like shut down certain sections at mm-hmm. certain times and like, you know, merge footage together, etc. I was just like, dude, this conveys the exact same feeling and setup essentially. And I was like, it's, it's like shot you- for like... It's not even a million, I don't think. No. It's like under a mil. And it's I like when you like, watch Omega Man and you realize yeah. they do the same thing with Heston in the 60s in like San Francisco. And mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit. Because they're in what? They're like they're LA, California. California yeah. What? Yeah. They're like in the valley, aren't they? I think they're so, valley yeah. Girls. They are. Uh, yeah, I had a blast with it though. And realized, because I'm like, I like this guy's vibe. What else is he directed? Captain fucking Ron. Yep. <laughs> and I believe you probably told me that at some point, but I did not make the connection until yep. afterwards. And I was like, well, Tom Eberhardt. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my dude, I guess. Uh, but yeah, both of the ladies, fantastic. Uh, the scene with the like goons in the mall, genuinely menacing and like pretty, yeah. pretty creepy. That guy was like, that guy had like Nicolas Cage energy. Like he was like, that's the guy I want to be. Exactly. Like he saw him in one movie and was like, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what would it have been at that oh, point? Dude, and then we got Jeffrey Lewis. Yes, as the scientist underground. Yes. And then the female scientist who you think is evil, but actually is like totally decent, a good person. Right. Um, is Mary Warrenov. Yes. Who I had just watched in another one that's going to come up on my rewatches list. So I'll bring it up right now. She's in House of the Devil as Noonan's wife, the creepy oh, couple okay. that uh, girl goes to babysit for. Huh. And I was like, oh, makes sense. She's kind of a... And then I started looking at her filmography. I was like, oh, she's kind of one of those those genre ladies from the late 70s into the 80s. Like a Meg Foster kind of? Yeah. And I was like... I, I got one uh, with Meg Foster. It's the first yeah, time. Very fin- finished Night of the, Night of the Comet. Um, and then the ultimate like ending ending of it, which I wouldn't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I was like... Dude, I just I miss this era of movies and right. this budget level, which I just feel like doesn't exist anymore. Where it's like, you feel the, like this could easily have been trash. It was on for like three weeks and no one saw it, but it had just enough budget and just enough people behind and it, just enough character to it. That's the other thing. Right, it's like it has a very unique tone, right, and just vibe to it. That I, it's one of those now that I'm like, I will totally throw that on. On a random evening now, just mm-hmm. like, hey, this is just a cool, cold Dude, it was, movie. It was on streaming totally last plays. year. That's why. I'm, that's the only reason I watched it last year, because it was on streaming. I was like, I've seen this like 10 times since I found out about it, and I bought the Blu-ray. Like, I'm just going to watch it. It's going to be on. Oh, early Michael Bowen as the projectionist, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of like a lot of people I recognized that popped up. That was fun. And yeah, just really impressed by like what they pulled off. 
that era, that budget level, and the ambition of it, of like anytime you're going to make a, a post-apocalyptic city set movie, which does have a lot of interiors and stuff, but still, they do a good job of establishing like the world is over. Yeah, the people are just dust. Over. I love that they're like... Oh, yeah. I love that they're like... You see, this is... I forget the character. I love that it's yeah. like they are what happens to the UN in the Batman movie, that they all become dust particles <laughs> from the 60s Batman movie. Yeah. I love that that's it. And the whole, I mean, the whole premise is if you were not outside, were not touched by its rays, you're in basically complete darkness or inside with no light to come in, you survive the comet. And yeah, it, but some people but did like radioactive effects. That's why, like, some people are in different stages of like decomposition, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, um, yeah, all that stuff. Super fun, and like one that while I was watching, I was like, dude, this is the kind of shit where I'm like, remake this. It's a cult classic. It's not perfect at all. It doesn't have to be if you remake but it. But it's either. charming as hell. But the the basic premise of these two sisters who are like slightly differing personalities but they're kind of on the same page for it are just trying to survive in post-apocalyptic LA and they're kind of over it all right that's the vibe of it and I immediately was like dude give me Imogen Poots and give me Florence Pugh in a remake of Night of the Comet yesterday like who's the guy who's the guy um oh I had this I had this Oh man, Michael Pena. Okay, the age doesn't necessarily work for me for Pena. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> that's I, honestly, you pitch this to any studio, that's who they're gonna throw in there. Yeah, but uh, no, I had it, dude. Oh, dude from uh, True Detective season two, uh, Kitch's lover, Kitch's desert lover. Oh yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's the yeah. new Terminator. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Perfect, dude. Good call. That's who I had in my head. I cannot think of his name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That's my guy. Okay. I I can dig it. Okay. So get back to me. Whatever, whoever has the rights. Yeah, do it. Archivia.gmail.com. Let me know. I'll write it. You'll write it. He'll write it. Yeah, they're definitely going to hear this. Uh, (laughs) Okay. can't believe we're going tit for tat because dude i have so me too to let's to. let, you know what why don't we do why don't we do speed round no throw, throw a cluster at me cluster you said you wanted to break it into like i'm gonna give, give me some dog shit dude dog give shit give me some like why did i watch this? dog shit okay because um, i gotta know the the depths of no i watched you get into because i have certain standards <laughs> for this month and, all right um, here we go you ready let's see Wishmaster. Not going to hate on it. Great We Hate Movies episode. Check it out. Phantasm and Phantasm 3. You skipped 2? Apparently 2 is the good one. 2 is not available for streaming. I've never seen 2. I've only seen the first one, which I thought had its its charms. I like the vibe of it here. I do. The the first one sold me. And like 3 picking up where 2 left off, then i got to finish this series. It's it's not dog shit. I want to watch them all. I can't wait for the call from Mayfield because he watched the original Phantasm. When I was like, yeah, dude, you should check it out. Like, I, I I think it's worth watching. He was like, dude, it was fucking horrible. He hated it. And I was just really? like, dude, I mean, for the time, the budget, the fact that there's nobody you know in it, I mean, and it's about a sphere that kills you? <laughs> like, No, dude, it's about, like, they're aliens. They're, yes, excuse He's me. He's an alien, and he brings these bodies back to these tiny-looking midget Jawa people. That sphere is just a, a weapon. He a uses. weapon, yeah. yes. Excuse me. Um, 
Okay, D- complete dog shit. Wishmaster. Um, I watched Dead Heat with Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo. <laughs> what the hell is Dead Heat? Really? It's a horror movie? It's horror adjacent. Horror okay? adjacent? Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo are cops. They get into a shootout with these guys, and these guys basically, after getting killed, they just kind of get up and walk around, and there's some kind of reanimation machine. It's written by Shane Black's brother. <laughs> after he's written, he's trying to do Lethal Weapon. I love everything about this. Why have I not seen this? Dude, go watch it on Joe Bob's last drive-in show. He will give oh. you the 411 oh, okay. on everything. Okay. A cop and his undead partner must chase down a diabolical villain who killed him. Oh, God. Oh, geez, some of these effects. Okay. Dude, the I, effects are the, the effects are badass. Okay. This uh, the, Every probably, villain is, like, undead. It's And, like, you got Joe Piscopo doing, like, terrible one-liners whole, the whole movie. He's definitely, like, <laughs> the fact that when you realize it's written and direct, oh, I don't know if it's directed, but it's written by Shane Black's brother. And they're trying to, he's trying to be, like, uh, a lethal weapon, but with, like, zombies. Probably. And, and Treat Williams is the starts to decay. Like he get, he can get shot and killed, but like he was not gonna die because he's already dead. He went through some reanimation machine. It's batshit crazy, dude. I would recommend you watch it because okay. you might like it, but like it was terrible. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Have you ever heard of a movie called The Hidden? No. Okay, this is one I was like, should I check this out? I don't know, but I've never known anybody who's seen it. It's 87. It's like right after Blue Velvet. Okay. Uh-huh. It's Kyle MacLachlan and Michael Nuri, who remembers the dude from Flashdance. Mm-hmm. If you remember the dude from Flashdance. <laughs> yes, of course I do. Okay. Horror sci-fi thriller. A cop and an FBI agent race, a, race for answers after law-abiding people suddenly become violent criminals. What? Sounds pretty wild and cool and interesting, right? And I've heard decent things about it. Um, I'll let you know, I guess. I was hoping, like, oh, Gavin's maybe seen it, but I guess not. Mm-mm. Okay. Didn't watch that one, but thinking about it. Throw me some more bottom of the barrel. Let's get them out of the way. Um, I thought it was going to hold up on a rewatch. Urban Lynch and Final Cut, still not not as good as I remember Perfect being. transition right now. Okay. Um, no, 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 no. Let me throw some at you real okay, quick. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I've done Scream or the entire saga pretty much every Halloween since I've been doing this consciously that I can think of. They're mm-hmm. usually a staple. Right. I haven't watched any of them really? this year. And I was like, okay, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Let's go with the, the Scream knockoffs. Let's revisit some of those, the stuff that happens in the wake of the first one. And so to that end, I watched I Know and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. And oh my God, Gavin, I why did we like either of those movies? Noah, I was a big Lois Duncan fan back in the you day. You were a big Jennifer Love Hewitt fan, is what you were. But, uh, yeah. Lois I... Duncan, whose book gets like very loosely loosely adapted in that movie a little yeah pretty much it you um, get the feeling that like kevin williamson went on a bender read it while he was fucked up and wrote the screenplay while he was sober because it is it's like outtakes from scream right it's like uh, yeah the the kitschy self-aware teen dialogue is just 
and I hesitate to say it's the performers because like I like everybody in that first movie and to that point I like everybody in that second movie which here's my real hot take I still know better movie yeah it's more entertaining yeah you take it's bad don't get me wrong yeah but it is so much more engaging like literally Veronica was checked out of the first one right like to the point where she was like, what, so wait, so what happened at the end of that one? And I explained it to her and I was like, yeah, this is how everything played out with like Ben Willis and the Fisherman and everything. I was like, really the only highlight scene from that movie is the Sarah Michelle Gellar chase. Though like from the time she leaves the pageant after Barry's been killed, running into her sister, shout mm-hmm. out to Sonya Blade, um, her getting killed, and then like going down the alley, you think she's going to make it to safety of the parade instead mm-hmm. the parade drowns out her sounds that sequence pretty effectively edited but that's like the highlight yeah. scare chase thing in that movie mm-hmm. pretty much other than the opening like 20 minutes of right the you know supposed murder cover-up the second one you got the bahamas dude it's a little glossier it's a little flashier mm-hmm um, and then, of course, the storm comes in, but it's like, I kind of dig the island in the midst of a crazy storm, like torrential downpour constantly. You're the only ones here. People start dropping like flies. The other thing, the first movie, can you name a supporting performer outside of the core four and Galecki? No, you can't do it. Bridget Nielsen or Bridget Nielsen. Wilson. Wilson, sorry. Yes. No, um, Bridget Fonda. Wilson. Bridget Wilson, that's right. Sorry. There's too many Bridgets. There's not that many Bridgets. There's like three. There's too many. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I can't do that. Galecki, no, that's that's it. But that's what I'm saying. You got Jack Black bopping around mm-hmm. in the second one. You got Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator. Yeah. Probably like the best performance in the movie as like the sardonic, the guy who's greeting them. Like everybody has like a fucking, you know, a shit-eating grin on their face basically 24-7 in that movie. Everybody is just, like, a sardonic piece of shit. Right. Including the main cast. Every Like, everybody is just a cynical piece of shit in that movie. Mm-hmm. Including Jennifer Love Hewitt to a certain extent. And there's some dumb things, just execution-wise, particularly the uh, the Mackay Pfeiffer kill, which physically makes no sense. Right. Because I only realized this most recent time watching it, he comes down... From the hoods, like the the hoods that hang above an oven. Right. And I was like, there's no way you can fit up there. Like, we have one of those in my restaurant. That's not (laughs) how that works. You can't just be chilling out up there and hook a dude through his throat and pull him up there. There's no, there's nowhere to go. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Unless they were in some kind of a storage locker and it was just not in use. Yeah. What do you think about Freddie Prince? Anyways, it was... How do you feel about Freddie Prince, like... I gotta make it there. I'm gonna make it. He like steals Dude, the so boat. So many cuts back to that. But to further my point, you got fucking John Hawks and Mark Boone Jr. bopping yeah. around in his section. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm just saying. If you're if you're thinking about rewatching them, skip that first one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Guess what? They set up the entire thing for you again. Like, yeah. You don't need the setup. No, you I mean, and I you get the like. You but get also, the vibe with the second. But also. Don't bother with it because never have I wanted to be watching the Scream movies more than when I was revisiting I Know What You Did Last Summer where I was just like, 
this is just so, inferior in every way, shape, and form. Okay, now you really let's, need let's, a Wes Craven. Let, to, I was gonna say, to dude, it, is it the is it touch is on. it the fact that they don't have a good director at the helm? Do you feel like they could be I there? Think the screenplays are trash. Really, in both cases, you don't but think somebody could better I could think, have salvaged it? I think it is like Kevin Williamson, like high on his own ego, trying to replicate the magic, but also just feeling like, dude. I well, have you know cracked what? the code of how you make movies now, and it's just like, dude, all of these characters kind of sound the same. Listen, if, like, if we had to deal with that to get the faculty, then I'm happy. Dude, no, that's what I'm saying. These feel like the the after... That sounds so gross. These feel like the afterbirth of like the sh- screen, screenplay. Right. Like, these are some other, like throwaway lines i had that didn't quite work i'm gonna i'm gonna throw them into this like lois duncan adaptation right i'm sure that's it was how it was pitched to him but then i feel like the faculty he's like oh this is me bringing in my sci-fi this is not me rehashing slasher which i've already created the perfect new modern prototype in scream this is me getting to play around in the sci-fi realm. But but you have a master director at the helm to I be able to gonna... say, thank you, Kevin, but I'm going to take it from here. And I don't think you had anybody on I Know What You Did last summer. People are like, oh, Mr. Williamson, can I get you coffee? Do you need something? And they and... shot down in North Carolina the first one, right? So that's like in the midst of Dawson's Creek, dude. He is just like... He, he is, is getting his shit. dick He's sucked anywhere shit. he goes. It doesn't matter what. Kevin, that, that, this was like prime time for him. Then you get to those terrible Dracula movies he wrote. You love I do them. love you him, love dude. Those, Patrick Lussier. I love the fact that Patrick Lussier was an editor on Scream 3 and then directed those three fucking Dracula movies. I will ride and die for Dracula 2000 all day long. Drive Angry, baby. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about Drive Angry. I forget about it because uh, I forget. You can totally he, forget about it because I tried to rewatch it a couple months ago. Doesn't does work. not play just watch when Mandy. it's not on a big screen. Yeah, speaking of Mandy, we can get there. I was, okay. I, I'm there. Um, you want another one that I would was trash, but I watched anyway? Cannibal Holocaust. Don't do it. Oh, I did. Yeah. Back in the, the days when I got DVDs from Netflix. Yeah. And that was one of those that every once in a while we talk about where it's just like, I've seen everything in the game, right? This is one of the most notorious, like, you gotta see it. Most shocking thing you've ever seen movies. And there's definitely shit in it that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel like discussing no, any I don't. of it right no. now. The It is bizarre, though, that the human mutilation, which is all simulated, but looks incredibly real. No one says not, a word about Well, this. I was just going to say, it's not nearly as upsetting as the animal stuff that is real. Right. Um, and that's the stuff that I really had a hard time stomaching because you start... You start getting into areas of like, okay, so like... This guy just gang-raped this woman, like there's mutilation, there's all this different stuff. All of that, but the, the tortoise getting killed is like the most upsetting thing in that entire movie. That, and well, even the fucking, the uh, the muskrat thing that they, like, the... Yeah, yeah, but that's when you get into the territory of like, okay, you... Again, you're doing this because you can, doesn't necessarily mean that you should. It's effective... But the whole, the framing device of actually having, like, the footage be brought in and, like... Yeah, I mean, this is the first found footage movie. No one wants to talk about it, but yeah, it is. Yeah. 
and it's but it's one of those where we don't have to go this is a very dark road i don't know how we got here no. already, but you're talking about cannibal holocaust an hour into the episode so whatever um a serbian film which i don't want to talk about in depth at all nope a serbian film not doing it i i never have any interest in watching again but i thought the movie justified its own existence okay you know what i'm saying it was i I never came away from that feeling like, oh, this was all strictly shock for shock value's sake. It's incredibly well shot. It's actually really well structured. Right. And the crazy payoffs are like upsetting and disturbing and all of that stuff. But I could see, you know, I could see thought being put into it. I could see a person behind there. Whereas when I'm watching Cannibal Holocaust, I see a guy who's just like, I just want to film the most fucked up thing I can think of. And try to make money and, off of it. That's it. And that's all they want to do. Out. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's a kind of, that's a, like a level of filmmaking that I'm like, once I saw that one, I was definitely like, yeah, so I'm guessing like this sort of shit and like faces of death, probably not my bag. Like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean you can okay. find worse on and the I internet still, now, but well, I get the fact that back in the day it was a big deal. And there's still there are those movies where when I hear about them, it's like, oh okay, it's the most fucked up thing anybody's seen in like five years. I definitely want to check it out. I still have those instincts, give, even given some of the stuff I've seen. I mean that's why I want to watch Society because like I watched Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust and I was like, okay, that's fucked up for the sake of it. But then to watch Society and being like. That's some really crazy special effects, and that's a little bit more... That's disturbing, like, the rich eating the poor, mm-hmm. and, like, the face melting and the nostril. Like, that's a little bit more disturbing, and, like, I that stuck with me more than, like, anything from Cannibal Holocaust, because yeah. I knew it was just well, an actor. Well, I'm telling you about those events that, again, I would have watched this when, what, we were in, like, middle school? Or, no, probably, probably like, 15, 16, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, and, yeah, it was just... Sometimes the most shocking thing you've ever seen is just like no i could have sat that one out didn't really do anything for me didn't enrich me in any way shape or form well that goes in that category in keeping with that i did watch henry portrait of a serial killer that perfect example of one that like some people would probably say is totally irredeemable and i think is one of the best horror movies ever made Mm -hmm. um brilliant michael rooker brilliant tom tolls as well unsettling at every turn i feel like we've probably talked about on a prior podcast my only issue with that movie literally the only thing that even remotely holds it back and i do think it is a masterpiece like of what it's doing but the only thing that kills it for me is in a few instances we get like some straight up traditional horror movie stinger like synth strings right like stabby stabby sort of stuff Mm -hmm. which really like it drains a little bit of that like stark coldness out of it Mm -hmm. which is still present in like most of the rest 90% of the movie, of the movie yeah. but there's there's some weird like choices in the sound design that hold it back just slightly for me and also just the content it's like i've seen it i think like three times very spaced out not a movie i go back to a lot but I, if you've never if you only know rooker as the james gunn guy um or the walking dead guy yes or i guess for most people yeah as merle I think you got to go back to it if you've never seen it because it's just. And again, I said it. I said it outside away. to you. I watched this through the lens of the same thing with Cannibal Holocaust, Joe Bob's Last Drive-In. So it's nice to get a little bit of background to understand some things because I got had a lot. Have you not seen Henry before? I had. Oh, okay. 
but watching it, knowing certain things about it, about how they kind of just went off on their own and did stuff, about how this music and how it starts and those effects of the sound before you get into it is meant to tell you, like, we are going somewhere you have not been before. Mm -hmm. And how, like, they brought it to the studios and they're like, you gave us an art movie. What the fuck are we supposed to do with this? And it got released in a few places, and then it was just like, holy shit, you have to see this. Yeah. The same way that a lot of big stuff that, like, probably from, what, the late 70s on. I think it's on, also one of the, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a three and a half or a flat out, like, four star review from Roger Ebert at the time when, like, you would not have expected it. Right. For this sort of movie, and that, like, did a lot to bolster people mm-hmm. actually, like, seeing it. But I, uh,. Yeah, that's an old... I had that one on VHS from Sycamore Video. I feel like that was one of the first horror movies I rented when we discovered that place, and it was basically like, you can rent whatever the fuck you want. They're not going to say anything nope, to they you. they don't give a shit. Um, that was definitely up there. And don't regret watching it. still has one of the most disturbing scenes and lines ever. But when Tom Tolles tells him that he wants to watch it again, that was the most bone-chilling shit. Yeah. I, like... That's in my top ten that like I've ever seen in a movie. Where it's just like that is fucking ice cold, dude. I don't even begin to know how you how you think to put that line in this movie in this moment of just like fuck. Okay. Apparently Anyways. that's all just them. That's not a script. That's like I'm that's watching what again. I'm saying, dude. And it's, it's like so, oh, it feels shit. so real in the moment that it's like I would have never thought to take it to that place, and it makes it the darkest thing in the entire movie that has some very gruesome murders but it's a line of dialogue that really makes you go oh jesus okay. all right i gotta get yeah. up for a minute yeah yeah uh so yeah don't watch that one uh i want to say don't watch it alone but that's also one that's like not really a date movie or something you want to share with anybody no so i don't know what you do with that one watch it during the day yeah. So you you know you can still enjoy your evening. Don't okay. let it don't I am, let it kill your. I want to hit you. you I want to hit you with the rest of my like ones I've watched. These rewatches just run through them because I do actually have a lot of first timers on this list. Okay. Okay. So uh, Hills Have Eyes two, the remake two. Okay. It's, it's trash. Don't bother with it. Um, uh, let me see. I got uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. With De Niro. Oh, okay. And Branagh. Oh, yeah. Really odd fucking... That's I remember it as kind of like a TNT staple, but I don't know if I've ever seen it, like, it start is, to finish. It is good. Really good. Like, I, I, realized, I didn't realize that he directed that till about a couple of years ago, and I was like, well, no wonder it's fucking great. Um, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Cabin in the Woods. I did the first one. I'll throw that in there. We don't have to discuss yeah. it. Cabin in the Woods, um, Cold Skin. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Vampires, Halloween 4 and 5, and uh, Fright Night, both. The sequel oh. and the... I should have told you to bring me the remake. Yeah. It's not streaming anywhere. I know. My bad. I haven't seen it in a while. I did uh, I did watch the original, though. I know. Still holds up. I've officially decided Lost Boys is the definitive 80s vampire movie, but I do love Fright Night. It's a close second. Close second to... First time I watched it, I was like, dude, are they neck and neck? I don't know. Love them both. Lost Boys, Near Dark, Fright Night. Then The Hunger. I need to watch Near Dark again. I don't feel like I've ever given it a proper You should, dude. You really should. If you rent it, let me know, because I would love to watch it. If it's not streaming somewhere. 
I think I have your Blu-ray like downstairs. Maybe. Maybe. Well, you should watch that because I have the DVD and that portable DVD player I had. Okay. Information that nobody cares about. Nope. If they even care about this to begin with. Okay. Um, did you have more? That Are was you... it. Okay. Real quick. Fright Night. Already mentioned it. Got the it. The transition. Cape Fear. The remake. Oh, yeah. Not the original. I watched that That's a becoming a staple. And it's also, I think we've talked about this before, it's not even like strictly a horror movie, even though it's got some wild shit in it. But it's also one of those movies that I just like probably watch like two or three times a year now. Yeah, because I, I remember love we, it, we talked dude. about it the, earlier this year. I, we probably did. I probably was watching it earlier this year, but it popped up on Netflix. because well, you were trying I to do your counselor. You were I trying to do the, that impression earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, I pulled a you, though. I literally, I had, you know, pulled out my stack and I had stuff ready to go. And I had Cape Fear in there and I was like, I don't know if I'll get to it. And it was one of those nights where we had just finished something like an hour before I should probably be going to bed. And I was just like, I'm going to throw on something. I'm flipping through Netflix and literally Cape Fear, which is like a foot away from me, but the controller's in my hand. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. And I watched like the first hour and a half, and then I finished it the next day. And it's, I absolutely love it. And the whole time I was watching it, of all the Scorsese movies that I've ever seen, this is the one that I want to be able to go back and see on a big screen. Yeah. Because the editing is so just like... Ah! Mm-hmm. the whole time and it just like it never stops moving from the time the movie starts it's just ev- every single angle is like pushing in or zooming out or whipping around like it you know it doesn't most... ever feel like that camera was on a track no, on a it's just gimbal yeah. it was just there and then it, it somehow continues to build and then that entire final sequence on the river is just like a master class it's all great brilliant performances top to bottom uh, Veronica had never seen it. She was like, when he shows up at the school with Juliet Lewis, she was like, because she had just seen the scene with um, Ileana Douglas. Um, and she was like, is he going to do that to the daughter? I was like, nah, it's in a weird way almost worse what he's about to do to the daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, he's not going to do it. Yeah. It just, uh, wow. What a movie. Sorry. Ileana Thomas, that's the woman who hypnotizes Ileana Kevin. Douglas. Douglas. She's the one that hypnotizes Kevin Bacon and Stir Back. She Isn't sure she? is. Making yeah. sure I knew the I knew the connection. She okay. Dated Scorsese for a bit. Okay. Back in the day. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Um Okay. Hellraiser mentioned it. I gotta I gotta do a bit. I gotta do a bit. Sorry. Oh what pleasures we have <laughs> to show you. Sorry. Untold. Pleasures that will tear your soul apart. I can't do a good... I, every time I, th- I think I got it, I don't got it. Yeah. Love that first one. I did not do Hellbound. I might throw it on. I, the second one is the, as far as I will go. I remember you got me the box set or whatever. I tried to watch... Oh, but you'll do three? I've seen every one but the re- the newer ones, like the 2010s. Mm. I got up to like the one Henry Cavill's in that really doesn't have him involved whatsoever. Like Hellraiser's a video game or something. I'll stick to the first two. Yeah. I mean, it's all you really need. That's the novel. That's the Hellbound Heart. Okay. This one, probably we're getting into Asterix territory. Somehow it came up in conversation. Veronica had never seen Disturbia. Oh. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> Judges, I'll allow it. Dude, yeah. Why not? When's the last time you watched this movie? Brother, I watch this movie at least once a year with the <laughs> Blu-ray that I have in my house. Or my okay. apartment. 
This is classic fucking Shia, dude. Okay, this so is Shia it, before Transformers, but right. post even Stevens showing his acting chops. 100%. That aspect of it still holds up. Yes. It's still there. You can see the seeds. And I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, like, dude, this guy's like James Dean or something. Like, this is my new... I, and again, I'm like, what, 14, 15 yeah. when this comes out? So I was all about it, dude. This was like right when I was going to movies by myself as well. But I think you and I saw this together. We did. I had to drive you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I remember just be, I was already a huge fan from Even Stevens and everything. I was just like, dude, he did it. Like, he's a fucking movie star now. This is great. Yeah. Rewatching it this time. Couple couple of things, couple of things stood out to me. Okay, first of all, I don't want to put her down. The love interest, not a great actress. No. She is very much the early two thousands, like it hot girl for the moment, I guess. But the character is also ridiculously underwritten. Very key early scene, him and his buddy Ronnie. Okay. They're watching her through the blinds. She's swimming. She's swimming next door. Okay. She spots them. Or does she? They don't know. They're fumbling around. She knocks on the door. You know the scene I'm referring to? Yes. She comes in. She basically sees like, oh yeah, you can see this and this or whatever. And she's looking out the window now through the binoculars. And Shia comes up right behind her and just deeply, deeply inhales. Like he's smelling her hair, right? Right. Okay, so creepy move to begin with. Even though, granted, you're watching this when you're 15, you're like, dude, I'd smell her hair. <laughs> but you're Yeah, like, she's just been swimming. It probably smells like chlorine. Who cares? 100%. That's exactly. <laughs> I was just like, dude, he takes like such a deep, like sensual smell. And immediately I was like, dude, she just got out of the fucking pool. Like, what are you expecting to smell? It's got to smell like chlorine. What are you smelling there? He's What's smelling to on? see if she actually has good smelling hair. <laughs> In the shampoo, because if it does, Noah, that signifies that her character actually does care about her beauty and looks more than the, the average Joe. Because if your hair still smells good after you've been swimming for a little bit, then yeah, uh, you, okay. you, you're, you're using her, good products. Her big move, like, in the movie is she changes his phone's ringtone so that when Ronnie, his buddy, calls him, it will be the two live crew... Full metal jacket, me so horny drop. Uh-huh. Okay, and I never really thought about it before, but like a little racist to make the Asian best friend—that's his ringtone. I understand they were going with the joke, just like oh, me so horny, like because you guys are dudes and like you're gay. <laughs> um, but then I, I was like, I investigated a little bit deeper, and I was like, could they could have come up with something else, right? It's got to be me so horny for the Asian friend Ronnie. Could have been a gong. Okay. Never mind, and we'll get to Ronnie. We'll get to him right now because the movie, I forgot about this, ends on the note of the two of them making out, okay? Pull back to reveal Ronnie filming the whole thing. Yes. They continue to make out knowing that he's there. Yeah. And he's like, soon to be the most popular clip on YouTube. And I remember, like, in the theater, like, oh, great. This was a great time. Like, yeah. Great way to wrap it all up. Um, and now watching, I'm just like, dude, this is fucking creepy as shit. Like, why, why, are, why are they still making out? Why is he, like, just hovering in the corner? What's good? I was like, this is the end of this homebound psychological thriller, rear window, modernized. 
it was just yeah there was some some questionable beats in there that was so my, it doesn't hold up as that was my disturbia 2020 review uh yeah not as magical as i probably remembered there's also a few music cues that have not like yeah not aged that gracefully there's a uh, taper jean girl from the solid but there's some not so solid ones as well are you not happy that i could pull that out of nowhere I mean, you I'm think probably. it's 17 you think it's like nope it's taper jean girl from the king's leon i'm good when it comes to some shit like that all right, give me the rest of your uh, your rewatches. My rewatches. All right, Mandy. Yes, it's on Shutter. If if you still on Shutter, sign up for Shutter. Always been uh, on Shutter. It was on both of our top tens two years ago. Uh, I also watched Panos Cosmatos debut feature once again, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Beyond the Black Rainbow? Yeah, when it when you told after I watched Mandy. Okay, I couldn't remember if ago. you went back and watched or not. Shit's so I'm of the She's opinion. Fucked, this was like, so this was my fifth time watching Mandy and my sixth time. No, maybe fourth time watching Beyond the Black Rainbow. And at this point, I'm of the opinion that I think they're both incredible, and I can't really decide which one I like more. I think they're both fantastic. And I also just realized this time when I was watching it, they both take place in 1983. So they're basically in the same universe, right? Happening at the same time. Um, you wanna you wanna know what I watched? That's Mandy adjacent. That's a new one for me. Color out of space. Nope. Oh, okay. I was gonna say everybody Leviathan. keeps telling me that this is Mandy adjacent. No. And I'm like, because Le- it has Nicolas Cage in it and has purple on the poster. Leviathan. Tell me about Leviathan. It is. I'm, I, by the way, I'm nowhere near done with. All right, my, fine. I'll go to Leviathan next. You need to give me your your rewatches. I don't need a I don't need a play by play of. Okay, Jesus. But I have stuff I want. I had thoughts. Okay, tell me your thoughts. Tell me about Leviathan. No, it's Why a new you? one. We don't need to get into a new one right now. You can finish your old ones. Okay. I watched Carrie. Shocker. New or old remake or remake? Do or... I have to even <laughs> say? You know Noah. I Do you like know to what, pretend Noah? Are you Dude, going? You will notice on this list. I have never mind. Let me ask you a question, real quick. Are you going to watch Black Christmas, the remake remake when they release it on HBO this Saturday for Halloween? Are you going to do that? Because I am, and I want you to too. I have already seen it, and you don't see do it. that shit to yourself. Do not waste your Saturday. We talked. I to, I trashed it. Oh, that is I mean, right. By all means, watch it so we can trash it together. But yeah. it's not good. I didn't think it was going to be good. Okay. But no, I'm talking about the original Carrie. I know you are. I'm just giving you shit. I'm I'm sorry, Kimberly Pierce, but what the fuck happened? The setup was there. When I heard Julianne Moore as the mom and Chloe Grace Moretz, I was like, all right, do it. Modernize it. But then also, at the same time, thinking, this is, it's a perfect movie. It's literally a perfect movie. You don't need to, to do this. But they've done TV adaptations of it. Like, there's been other incarnations, so it's not that weird that they remade it. But just stick with the original. Just a classic from top to bottom. Also, this has been a new thing that I was kind of trying to nail down. What are your, like, top afternoon horror movies? Because there's very few that I think work. Like, oh, I just got home from work on a half shift day. What am I going to throw on while it's still light outside before it gets to be spooky time? 
I'm going to throw on Carrie, which mostly takes place during the day. I'm going to throw on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which mostly takes place during the day. Christine. Could work, but there's so much good night stuff in Christine. The fog. So much good atmospherics. Afternoon? Yeah. You wild dude. Whatever. Like, have that movie takes place during the day, man. Like, I you know. have the, the, the final night, yes, but, like, a lot of that is, like, they're out on the Maybe boat. Maybe late afternoon into the evening. Yeah. But you, you, can, need, yeah. you need the lights out for the back half. Okay, sorry, I'll go quicker. I already mentioned the I know and I still know. Totally pointless. Just watch Scream. I, I don't know why those still have stay in the consciousness as, like, these were the good ones of the 90s. I'm like, no, they really weren't. Mm-hmm. They really weren't. Watch the Blair Witch Project last night. This will be our annual reminder that Sunshine Mayfield sucks and is wrong. Blair Witch Project is a great movie. It's one of the best horror movies ever made. It is scary. And fuck you, Mayfield. Uh, Just needed to get that in there. Okay. Okay. Love you, Alex. Just to clarify, you agree. Blair Witch is good, not overrated. It holds... Oh, Jesus Christ. What? You can say what you're going to say. No. It holds a place to me... In the pantheon of horror that is adjacent to all of it, which explains my reason behind it. I don't know how the making of that movie was. I don't know if it was fun or if it wasn't. I know every detail. Exactly. Part of why I love it so much. Was it it an overall fun thing for these people to do out in the woods? Or were they really giving it their own and having a shit time? I mean, it sounds like it was not fun at all. It sounds like it was terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. Much like you see in the movie. Okay. Well... I put this... They did legit get lost in the woods for yeah. sections, and it was just the three of them without contact from the crew for days, like, at a time. It's like... Right, but there was no real witch trying to kill you, so you're fine. You're just an actor. You do know it. that, but yeah, there's just the, gen- the yeah. general otherwise stress. Right. And yeah, I'd be maybe more that afraid seeps to, into it. Well, yeah, I'd be more afraid you run into, like, a, a somebody moonshining or somebody's going to kill you because you're running across their, their pot. Sure. But I put Blair Witch up there, the same as I put like Halloween, Paranormal Activity, and these other movies that are so low budget and so probably written off when they come out that they just change the genre and what we do. And that half of it, I've said it before, especially talking about Halloween, knowing what went into the making of Halloween, and yes, it was probably stressful, but it, it every time you see it, just it, people make it a movie, man, and... On no with no money, just doing it because they wanted to do it. They got it. Made. Somebody's going to get paid for it. They had a job to do. They were able to, and they don't know what was going to happen. And it became a huge success up until Blair Witch, the biggest like money maker against the short, but you know, one of the best money makers when it came to horror because it was shot for such so little amount of money, but went on to make so much. Same thing with Blair Witch, shot for a little bit of money. Went huge. Then you get Paranormal Activity. Same thing. Cheap, cheap, cheap on the cheap. And makes a ton of money. So I appreciate it in that pantheon. I'm not a big fan of it. Because I'm just not... I don't want to sit and go through it again and again and again. It just every year and it freaks me out more and more every time. It's one of those that doesn't lose its power somehow. And also, I mentioned it before, I just think it flat out has like three of the best performances ever in a horror movie. And that is still in all of these found footage movies we've gotten for the like the two decades since. I don't think they've ever been matched. I've never watched a found footage horror movie and been like, 
these performances are the caliber and have the realism factor that that movie has. There are people who get there every once in a while, and there's some movies that like do a really good job of like making it feel lived in, but those just feel like real people. Those feel like real arguments, because in some cases they are, and... Like, the whole thing is fucking improvised. There's no, like... Yeah. You gotta hit this line. The actors are writing their own monologues and stuff, like, off-camera. Like, all the stuff she said... All the lore that they discover, that's the stuff that's written by the directors, the crew, etc., and given to these plant actors who are playing the local townspeople, etc. Right. To but, get but, some, but yeah, all but, of that stuff is so disjointed has, and like makes it even creepier. Have any of them gone on to do anything else? Josh Leonard has had the best like career by far. Um, okay, he's been in a ton of indie movies since uh, Hump Day, great Lynn Shelton movie, which I've recommended before. Um, and he was showed up in Silicon Valley as a villain for like a, a, a bit, if I remember correctly. But yeah, he's done stuff. Uh, Heather Donahue kind of dipped out, and then Mike, the third guy, I don't really know what happened to Mike. And then, of course, the team behind it never really was able to ever replicate the success. Yeah. And I've checked in every once in a while with like some of their other horror projects, but it's just one of those magic things that just happened to come together. And in rewatching it this time, I finally explored the Blu-ray mm-hmm. and watched the alternate endings that I had never watched. And it's one of those where you're just like, dude, some movies come like this close to like, oh, if that's how it ended... We would not be talking about it today. Oh, yeah. It's that kind of shit where you're just like, yep, not nearly as strong. And it's all stuff that they shot after the movie had already been picked up and the studio was like, hey, here's a little bit more money. What else can you do, essentially? And, yeah. Sometimes your original instincts is the uh, best. So it wasn't like, you know what, Jordan, it's your movie. Whatever you bring me, you bring me. And he just (laughs) happened to bring... Told you shouldn't have gone. So you got you know little rel as opposed to him getting arrested at the end of Get Out. Is that what you're telling me? It wasn't one of those. That's exactly the whole it, the metaphor I was going for and everything. 100%. Well, you're telling me with the Blair Witch, the studio was like, give us something better or give us something different. Whereas like Jordan Peele had Final Cut and could literally have given us Get Out and he gets arrested, not Get Out and the I told you so, man, ending right. that we Which, got. Yes. Both of which are very powerful and like memorable endings, but I don't know what we would be talking if we'd be talking about Get Out if he got arrested at the end, which was a I likely think we'd still be talking about it, but it definitely would color the the ending right in a big bad because way. that's my thing. I got talked about somebody the other day. That's what I get. I get into stuff now. I get so worried about stuff. It's like, yeah, you survive, but um, how the fuck am I going to explain all this? I'm rather, I'd rather just get dead. I'd rather die because oh, I'm going to get blamed for this. I'm gonna, you know, how do you, how do you get that's out why, of it? That's why most horror movies and most of the successful ones, as soon as the rising action is done with, cut to credits immediately. Right. Like, don't, don't linger. Exactly. Don't, like, don't give us time to think about like, how's, how does this person live now? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I Real- think I loved about Halloween, the new one, was that we saw how that person lived. Yeah. And then we're hopefully next year we'll, we'll get to see, the aftermath of this event. And how that shapes the rest of her story. Anyway, I keep I keep interrupting you when I've been asking you to go ahead and get to do this because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, and we're we're pretty deep in. We can always thanks make this to two anybody episodes. who's actually listening. Okay, two episodes. We got another big thing we got to record before the week is over. I'm saying we can just record all this as one and cut it into two. 
I mean, we haven't even hit two hours yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, Keep going. God. I'm okay. just kidding. Death Proof. Director's Cut. I'll that was a Veronica it. pick. Yeah, I'll allow it too. 100%. Um, the Babadook, which is... I think I had it on my... As far as new classics go, I think it's my favorite of the last... like, Probably maybe... What are we at? 15 years? I don't know. It's incredible. It's a masterpiece. It gets better every time I watch it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Last one I wanted to mention. Definitely an asterisk, probably, which you may feel differently. Popped up on Amazon Prime. Eight millimeter. Not traditional horror, but in the same way that you might say that Seven is not a horror movie. Right. Okay. And of course, disturbing on many levels. Yes, horror. I've seen it a couple. Yeah, yeah. The horror is that this stuff could actually be happening, and we would never yes, know. Yes, and it. that's that's what I like about it. And ultimately, where the narrative goes with like what it does to the Nicolas Cage character. And rewatching it this time has been a little while, and it's definitely one of those that like, as a high school movie, and like a, hey, maybe I shouldn't be watching this, or like. Oh, I know mom watched this a couple of years ago, but like, I think it was too messed up for me to see. Or like, that's one that she was worried about. Like, watching it through that lens, I was just like, oh, this is great and subversive and dark or whatever. I didn't really think too hard about it. And then rewatching it this time, I'm like, I really, really like it. I love the turn that it takes. I, if anybody hasn't seen it, which I, again, I feel like it's it doesn't get brought up that much. It's not super fondly remembered. I think it was pretty poorly critically received at Probably. the time. Probably. Um, but basically, Nick Cage, private investigator, gets hired by a very rich, wealthy widow to investigate a film that was found in her husband's uh, vault after he died, which appears to be a snuff film, a legit snuff film. So his job is to track down the people involved with the creation of the tape and find out if it is in fact real and if it's a filmed murder um that sends him down a pretty disturbing rabbit hole uh where he meets max california good old joaquin phoenix mm-hmm. a lot of crazy shit happens etc dude peter stormare cool as dino velvet oh my god <laughs> um anyways bobby from the deuce as machine anyways whole time i'm watching it and schumacher he's a little hit or miss in general we talked about this when he passed likable guy didn't you know didn't always hit a home run and i have never it's another one where it's just like dude this in somebody else's hands specifically and i understand why he wouldn't want to do it but specifically in fincher's hands oh yeah would be like we'd still be talking about it today but also I understand why he would not want to take it. A, another Andrew Kevin Walker script. So it would be like, oh, this is essentially like the unofficial sequel to Seven. It hits a lot of the same themes. The darkness of humanity. The looking for an answer where there isn't always one. The the darkness that seeps into you as an individual when you go exploring these dark places or have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. All of that stuff is there. It's just not quite as like cohesive as right. you want it to be. And it feels a little bit like seven leftovers, essentially. Um, but atmosphere, 
Some of it's I could there. See and, fin- I could see Fincher like starts. Yeah. But yeah, and again, I'm like obviously like he wouldn't want to make that. He had, he was making Fight Club at the time, if I'm not right. mistaken. Um, and it definitely would have felt like a regression. I feel like. Oh yeah, but, no, definitely. Uh, and then he probably would have gotten pigeonholed as like, oh, he's just a horror guy, which is why I love that he has consistently returned to like. Yeah, I'm going to make Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and like it's going to have some incredibly fucked up scenes in it, but it's also got this other stuff going on. And I'm going to make Gone Girl, which is like a great thriller, almost like, should be like a 90s sex thriller, like Michael Douglas should be in this movie. But then when it gets violent, it gets really violent. Like, you know, he's never left the horror genre completely, but... I think he's really good at he pulling makes it a little he's, more prestige. I was going to say he's really good at pulling the veil back on the normalcy of what you normally see, and just being able to show you that tiny little bit of underneath that, like, is just petrifying. But like, you know, is there, but you don't think about is there all the time because you're not forced to like look at it yeah. and see it. Can't wait for his new one. Not horror at all, but Mank drops in December. And that's kind of the last movie I need to see before we can make a top ten. So. Works for me. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, 8mm. I still enjoy it. I'll probably rewatch it again, but it's one of those you watch and you're like, you see the seams a little bit and you see the flaws and you're like, there's a there's a great movie here. I don't know if I could edit it, what exists there already, into a great movie. But, you know. Hmm. And again, horror adjacent. Yeah. Okay, that is it, I think, on my rewatches. We're talking all new stuff. Glad we got that out of the way. An hour and a half into the fucking episode. Hit me with whatever you've been dying to talk about. All right. I watched The Lie. Bloomhouse. Blumhouse. The Lie. Okay. Is this the first of the... These are Amazon releases, correct? Right. Is this the first of this Blumhouse series that you have watched? Only one I've watched. I haven't watched any of them. Okay. Uh, I have not watched any of them. Which one is The Lie? Is this uh, Sarah Paulson? No? Miro Eno and Sarsgaard. Okay. Couple has to come to grips with the fact that their daughter admitted to killing her friend and the links they would go to to save her from any kind of trouble. Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard, yeah, Peter, sorry. Yes, I did see, okay. And it's Venus Sood who did uh, the killing. Right. Wait. Like she directed episodes. She directed episodes. I think was she not the creator of the? That's killing? right. Okay, no wonder this felt so like. I don't know. It felt. Yeah, I mean, it felt it, like a. And it has Marilyn. Marilyn Enos. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time with her name. I'm sorry. And it has Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. Um. Holy shit! He. Yeah, she was the dude. I can no. I just completely forgot he was in season three, and he was like the 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 father that they probably put to death. They put the they put him to death for fucking yeah, Coteus's crimes. Three. That's what I just said. I just realized that, dude. I, I gotta go back and watch that show three. again, man. We'll go for it. Okay, how was the lie? It was real. The ending, bro. That's the what I've fucking heard. I've ending, heard it's a bro. Little, a little trashy, but then it's got a pretty wild ending. It's got a fucking wild ending. Bro. Okay, well, let's not spoil it for anybody. Sarge Guard's enough of a selling point. But am I gonna watch this and I'm gonna get like ten ten percent Sarge Guard, or is he like? Is he in it a good bit? Is he going for it? No, yeah, he's swinging for the fences. Right. He's like, you know, they're divorced. He's older. He's got a band, you know. Let me discover something about the guy. Yeah, he's got a band. He plays Fucking in his own spoiler band. alert, dude. dude. Yeah, it. You, he doesn't play. I mean, come on, man. It's just a thing. Okay, you'll like it. I better. You better. If yeah. I'm gonna watch it this week, I better. 
All right. Um, what else you got for me? Okay, that's the lie. It's on Amazon Prime. Random Acts of Violence. Random Acts of Violence. Jay Bear Show's movie starring the heartthrob doctor from uh, Grey's that everyone likes. Which one? The the one that's on there but still which now. One? <laughs> the the light skinned black guy, the with the buzzed head. Tell me about the movie. I don't care. I don't care what Basically this I don't I don't know what to make of the movie. It's Jay Bear Show's first like it was pretty extreme. He's a he's a comic writer writing comics about this like, you know, legendary serial killer dude, and then all of a sudden after like never after so many years of not having a murder, all of a sudden people start dropping like flies. And I think somehow it's supposed to show you that like, oh yeah, one of the original victims was like this guy's mom and he just had blocked it out of his head. I don't know what to make of the movie. It was crazy. Okay. It was over the top. I recommend it because I like Jay Bear Show. He's in the sh- movie as well. And Jordana Brewster's the guy's girlfriend. It's, it's worth it. You're not going to be... You got JB, you got no complaints. You yeah. got two JBs, you definitely yeah. got no complaints. Yeah. Um, I'm probably not going to watch this. Continue. Um, I just checked it out on old MDBA. That's cool. Um, uh, what's the new... The Invisible Man with... Uh, Still haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Wanted to watch it the other night. I like... vetoed it. I like it. I like it simply for the science behind it. Okay. Okay. I could really science. give I could really give a shit about Elizabeth Moss. As we all know, science is terrifying. Yes, it is terrifying. Um, very scary, scary thing. I like the idea that this is you essentially. You, what did you say about Lizzie Moss? What I could give say? a shit about Elizabeth Moss. Don't really care. I, mean, I don't know why you had to take it to that place. You I just, just I don't. I, you could, you just, you could a nice way to say that is like I'm a little indifferent towards. Okay, Elizabeth Moss. Miss Moss's performance could have been subbed in by literally anyone else, and I would not care anymore. Interesting. I like the idea that it is basically sleeping with the enemy, and then it's like, oh, and the guy's invisible too. That's my. That was the draw for me. How is this happening? Is he taking an elixir? Because the Invisible Man and all that stuff is about this, like this guy, and like the the Wells novel is about a guy who does this and he has all these different formulas and then like he begins to lament his situation as opposed to like oh this girl left me I'm gonna pretend I'm dead get in my invisible suit I made and fuck with her until she looks batshit crazy you just gave up how he does it yeah put on my invisible suit I uh, you gotta watch a movie unless you want me to tell you about it we can spoil it for people it doesn't matter uh, to me I guess not okay what else you got? Um, <laughs> I do plan on checking that one out before the month is over. Spiral. I see. Okay. It's on my it's on my list. Talk a little bit about Spiral, and I I have I have to take this. Okay, I'll talk about Spiral. So you get basically the premise is that this new couple moves into the suburbs, but instead of it being you know super eerie and creepy, everything's kind of nice. But what you come to find out is that. Okay, uh, spoiler real quick. It's a gay couple moving into the suburbs with uh, their daughter. So the and it also on top of being gay, uh, it's an interracial couple. So the white guy obviously had a wife and had a kid. He and the black guy get married. The daughter comes with them to live in the suburbs. Um, black guy is a stay-at-home writer publisher. I don't think you really know what the uh, the husband does. The other husband does, but. Very early on, you start to understand these neighbors are kind of eerie, kind of creepy. He starts to notice some stuff, and eventually you get to the point where 
maybe this isn't all brand new. Maybe something like this has happened before. Maybe there's been another couple 10 years or so ago. Maybe this is something that these people who live here do. But, you know, watch it, figure it out. Ending is super fucked. Very creepy. A lot of really good visuals. A lot of, like, psychosis. A lot of, like, is this really happening kind of stuff. But for the most part... Uh, it's probably of all the stuff I've watched in, if I had to make a top 10, it's definitely my top five of the new things I've seen this October. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. I managed to talk about the entire thing and give all the spoilers away why you were not here. So do not listen to this chunk. No, I didn't. No, I did not. I I gave a vague description plot time wise. Well, having not heard any of that, thank you for stalling. Um, I'll say I watched the trailer, and the second he looks across the street and sees his neighbors like in their living room, and they're all in a circle, and they look like they're like doing some cult shit, I said out loud to Veronica, I was like, "I'm in." It's <laughs> <laughs> like literally that's all I need to see, and she's she's like, you know, I don't really like we watch House of the Devil together, and she was like, I like the like first hour of it, but then like I'm not really like. I don't know, the devil stuff doesn't really, like, scare me that much, at least that sort of stuff. And I was like, I mean, I feel you basically. I was like, I don't know what it is. I see people in robes doing any kind of, like, weird shit they shouldn't be doing. Um, I get creeped out but intrigued immediately. Anytime there's any kind of culty stuff going on, I will I will give a movie please, a chance. Please, when you watch that, when you watch the last ten minutes of that movie, text me. Because there is a shot that I think you will if flip out. If we wrap out. this up in the next like 20 minutes, maybe that's my movie tonight. You should. I uh, I definitely think you should. It's been top uh, of my list. Um, let's see. Another one that's brand new. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave, the remake. I would have put it... Is new? I have or wa- new for I, you? I, I never Excuse watched me. the remake. Okay. I've, never, I've never seen the remake. I've seen the original tons of times. Um, that goes into the Cannibal Holocaust category of like... Didn't really need to see it. Never going to revisit it. Yeah. The fact that they've made two sequels after that is kind of batshit crazy. I do like the inventive ways that she does dispatch these dudes. I can get behind it. Mm-hmm. But I think this came I out. I seem to remember like some super cuts of just the murder scenes like making its way around the internet because yeah. it was so like crazy. But again, that's not usually why I go to things like right. that. So I, I feel like this came a little bit before Me Too as well, and had it hit in the middle of Me Too, we'd have been like talking about it more. But I don't know why it took forever to get here. Um, okay, uh, I watched the Dunwich Horror. There's a 2000s cut of it, very low budget, yeah. very loosely based on the Dunwich Horror Lovecraft. I uh, kind of feel like the vibe I've gotten the more I try to delve into Lovecraft adaptations is like, Pretty much all of them are very loosely adapted. Right, because he hated, hated the idea of, like, television Mm -hmm. visuals of stuff. He was obviously more of, like, you know, reading, being read stuff. Um, It is, the the Dunwich Horror, if you mix that in with the, which I I ask, I think if you should listen, listen to, um, there's like a six-part series on the Shadow Over uh, Innsmouth. Those are the two main Cthulhu Mm-hmm. pieces and like they, they work and I love them yeah. um, the movie again it's low budget I think you, you do have one one that I thought was really good I don't know who directs it but it's the same guy from Reanimator from Beyond it's Stuart Gordon same, Stuart. literally the same team as Reanimator right. yeah. did you ever watch it? 
No, that was another one that was on my list to check out. This, this is year. this is probably the best adaptation I've seen of a Lovecraft piece. Okay. Instead of moving it from like it's basically you move it out of like the early 1900s into modern day, same premise, tapping into the pineal gland to like be able to see things that aren't there. And the shit that goes down from that is bad shit crazy. You will love that Ken Forhey shows up as an ex-football player, now cop and personal bodyguard. I will love that. You want to keep talking about the pineal gland for a moment? Pineal gland? Pineal gland? Whatever the one in your brain is that, like, senses everything. Do you want to keep talking about it for a moment? No, why? (laughs) I mean, we can. What about it? (laughs) What are we trying to get at? I literally got exhausted in trying to make you hit that segue. Would you like to talk about the pineal gland a little bit more? Sure. Okay, because I just saw a movie that deals heavily with it. What's that? And it's horror adjacent, and it's called Synchronic, and I went to the movie theater again. No. Having fun? Yeah. Have you seen Resolution and or The Endless? No. Have you seen a movie called Spring? I've seen the stuff for it. Okay. Like the box on the Amazon. The three films I just mentioned are all from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Moorhead and Benson. Their filmmaking duo. Okay. Resolution is their debut. Then they do Spring. Then they do The Endless. All of these movies are kind of in the same universe. They're kind of building out. Are they all available to watch? Everything except Synchronic is in theaters right now. Right. Everything else is readily available streaming. Yes. All on I've Shutter. seen Spring. Um... Spring and Resolution are on Shutter, and The Endless is on Netflix right now. Um, Do I have to go in a certain order? Not really. Okay. But you actually you do. No, you need to watch Resolution before you watch The Endless. Spring you can watch Disconnected. Okay. These guys are slowly building out their own kind of unique, low-budget sci-fi horror very cerebral mythos kind of like they have a world it's building. got a lovecraftian undercurrent to it as well definitely have a heavy influence i'm gonna give you the quick rundown try and sell you on these guys okay resolution is about two guys one or two friends one of which is trying to kick a drug addiction mm-hmm. so his friend takes him out into the woods into a cabin and handcuffs him and is basically like, we're staying here until wait, we get wait, over this Is this shit. the Evil Dead remake? Or is this... No. Okay, alright, just checking. Um, and I, I want to say Resolution came out before the Evil Dead remake. So the Evil Red remake took took from Resolution. Not, I got they, it. not necessarily. And I love what they did with that whole dynamic. I need to the, watch the, the Evil, Evil Dead, Dead remake, remake again. I got my Blu-ray downstairs if you want. Please let me borrow it. Okay, <laughs> please. Please. I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Okay. I don't want to pay for it. Anyways, that's the setup. Guy's trying to kick his addiction and he's got his buddy out there with him and shit gets weird i don't want to say anything other than that it's very much a like where's this going just kind of has a building mystery and it's very much a single location two fairly capable actors who you haven't seen in anything so you can immediately buy into them and their friendship it's pretty great great little movie and you said you've seen spring no, I need to watch Excuse Spring. I've seen the, okay. the box art for it. it looks Spring interesting. is like a little bit of a jump up in the budget, but mainly due to their shooting internationally. So they're just getting great production value. Okay. And then The Endless, I was blown away by. And 
I don't want to tell you like why you need to see resolution, but there's definitely there's huge threads that connect that I feel like you need to see in a certain order. And the endless concerns two um, brothers who escaped a cult in their youth um, and are now returning to it because I, I forget what the setup is. Somebody's gone missing or have they've they been called this? back there or have they received they a video this? or something. You may have. I, I definitely recommend it. I you. think I may have seen this or watched okay. this a while back. Anyways, The Endless is great. Don't want to spoil too much about it either. Synchronic is their latest. Mm-hmm. Just came out. Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan from uh, The Fall and... Fifty Shades, I know. Fifty Shades, yeah, that guy. Um, set in New Orleans. Present day slash slightly futuristic, but nothing to like really give away that it's futuristic. And it's about two EMTs who start stumbling across cases involving this new designer drug called Synchronic. Okay? Hmm. And I don't want to tell you what the drug is or what it does, etc., or how it ties into any of their movies. Does it, it is... give you uh, superpowers for 10 minutes? No. Okay. But the whole time I was watching it, I was like, dude, Project Power wishes it was this movie. And I also was very upset that, like, if this had come out streaming, people would be losing their minds over it right now, I feel like. Or at least it would be in the zeitgeist conversation. The fact that it is in theaters, where really barely anybody can go see it, and presumably it'll be on VOD like fairly soon. And I'm assuming Netflix, given that I know The Endless has d- done very well on there, um, will probably pick it up at some point. But I couldn't help thinking, I was like, if they put the money behind this, it's like the better Project Power in a, in a way, but very different aims and means. Oh, et yeah, cetera. of course. But regardless, seeing these guys, and that's also why I want you to watch it, kind of watch them in chronological order. Seeing them evolve in real time with just what they can do with a budget when you give them a little bit more leeway. And when you give, I mean, they've worked with really great actors and they act in the endless themselves. They're the two leads. Um, And that presumably was like they wanted to up the budget. So, hey, we'll star in it. We save paying two lead actors and we can invest in it that way. And all of it feels like they just, whatever they make from the last one, they just reinvest in the next one. Very much like a Colt Wolf type approach. This is fair enough. Okay, but Synchronic is definitely like they have upped their game to another level in terms of their filmmaking style, narrative, etc. Super fun. But what I was going to say is just start now with Resolution and the Endless, etc. Spring, and then probably by the time you catch up with all of those, I'm thinking Synchronic will probably be out on VOD by like December. Oh, so. I was thinking like Friday, but all right. I mean, it would be cool, or you could just go, you know, venture out to a theater and risk your life. I doubt that it's going to be in theaters in my town. Are there any operational theaters in your town? Well, did Regal shut down everywhere for real or no? I think so. Okay. Uh, there, I mean, AMC's all over the place. I just don't know if they would pick it up. Is it a big budget thing, or is it something that was planned to come out, or was it just like yeah, a tiny... no, it would have been like this was their this. That's what I'm saying. This was so disappointing. Oh. This was their like coming out I gotcha. party. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, maybe like it is. If solid it... indie, solid indie, solid indie, and it's not. It's still this is an indie movie, but it's just they got a bigger budget. They got some bigger yeah. stars. They're getting to show what they can do, and I feel like it would be a huge calling card movie for people who weren't aware of them, except for nobody can see it right now. Right, so it's kind of a bummer. Um, I got you. But yeah, huge recommend. But, excuse me, <laughs> all of that, uh, the drug 
won't tell you exactly how, but it affects the pineal gland. Yeah. That's how we got that's how we Does got it enlarge it? Does it make it better? Does you, Can you taste the colors? Can you hear, see sounds? Is it like that? Because that's essentially what From Beyond is about. It's like it, the original source material is a guy writing you a letter like, you'll never believe this crazy guy was like, I could see all these different things. But I, just, really, I don't want to, I don't want to give you specifics because one of probably the highlight sequence in the movie is Anthony Mackie experimenting to figure out what this thing is and what it does gotcha. and how it affects people. Okay. Um, and it's one that I like, I saw the trailer for it a little while ago and I did not read anything or look at anything before I went in and went in pretty cold and had, had a really good time with it. That's really good. enjoyed it. Okay, uh, that was Synchronic. That's one of my new, new ones, like brand spanking new, like came out last week, kind of new. Um, so I guess it's your turn. I rambled on for a while. No, Warhead and Benson, like those guys quite a bit. Um, guys to check out. Hell Comes to Frogtown. Okay. It was a new one for me. Not new, new, obviously. But, I mean, you got Roddy Piper and a Snake Plissken type role where he has to go out into the Mad Max desert and fuck. Like he's got a he's got a chastity belt on that has a slot so he can fuck to like it's basically women have taken over men don't know shit men are the reason why he's we're in the this last man standing essentially I mean there's Christ other men the savior there's other men but it's essentially like there's like toad people out in the middle of the desert as well right and they've kidnapped like classic story fertile women and like he has to go out and like retrieve them and fuck. Like that's his whole game. Like they're the every woman he sees is like getting it, and it's Where's like the horror come in here. Um, I don't really know. It was on. I put it to you this way: if it's on uh, Last Drive In with SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob with Show <laughs> Bob. Sorry, dude. What a show. Yeah, if it's on his show, I'm gonna go with it. There are some genuinely like probably in the day scary moments, but I just started watching this and was like, why the fuck have I never? I texted you that night. I was like, dude, it's like if this is like the spiritual sequel to they live this is what happens we nuke the aliens and we kill them but we create these terrible frog people <laughs> and somehow nada just just survives and like he becomes what is his name sam hell sam hell that's his name hell comes to frog town it's total it's probably total trash but i fucking love it because it's any, probably total to trash. some people they'll watch it be like it's total trash in the way that like Thunder in Paradise is total trash to people, but I love Hulk Hogan on speedboats, okay. and I'll ride or die for those <laughs> movies any day. I, you forget that there are plural. three of them. Yeah, yeah. there's three. Thunder in Paradises. Okay, Dices. Paradise. Paradise. Okay, <laughs> Thunder in the Thunder in Paradise series, obviously. Um, yeah. Okay, I got one that's uh, this is an asterisk for sure, and I feel like maybe you mentioned watching it, and I feel like you definitely started it because when I started playing it on Prime. It had been watched a bit earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Come to Daddy? Oh yeah, I did. You watched the whole thing? Oh my god, dude! You didn't dip out like twenty minutes in? No, I watched the whole thing. Okay. I came back and watched. Well, it. now this is the one I was referencing earlier, where I was like, from the trailer and everything I'd seen, I was like, oh, horror, creepy setup. Elijah Woods in it. It's his his bag these days, obviously. Um. Let's give it a shot. And you got Stephen McHattie from Pontypool. Yeah. That's all I knew going in. I was like, all right. And I do, I genuinely do not want to spoil any of this for anybody who hasn't no. checked it out yet. It's free streaming on regular Prime right now, not on Shudder. Um, but yeah, it came out earlier this year. 
I was intrigued. I almost rented it early goings of quarantine because I was starved for new stuff. Um, but yeah, it's free on Prime now. A strange son goes to meet his father out at a remote cabin, um, like out on the ocean, almost like a lighthouse unto itself. It's very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and things get weird pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, but then after things get weird, there's like a hard left turn at about the, I don't know, like the 45, 50 minute mark of this movie. And I was like, just so, so pleased by it. And the whole vibe, it was one of those I was watching. I was just like, dude, I don't know who made this, but I'll, I'll check out whatever you do from now on. I'm totally on board. Uh, great Elijah Wood. I don't want to say anything else about it. Fucking watch it. It is not, I would say save it for November. It is not straight up traditional horror Mm-mm. by any means. But it is one of the best genre movies I've seen in a while. And a movie that fuses a bunch of genres together very successfully. Um, VFW, which we talked about earlier in the year. I I wanted I wanted more Come to Daddy in VFW. Gotcha. I guess is what I see I, what you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a good time, man. Anyways. My other asterisk real quick. I watched The Witches, the new... Robert Zemeckis version, which is available on HBO Max. It's fine. It's really fine. I was hoping I was going to be like over the moon for it. I have a fondness for the original, even though it's absolutely terrifying if you saw it when you were a kid. Um, My biggest, and I'm not an Anne Hathaway hater. I'm actually a pretty big fan. I think she's great. I don't understand the hate. At the same time, I don't know what she was doing in here, man. I didn't think she was bad. I just felt like it was the wrong note or the tone, and I was like, maybe a t- maybe another take, maybe uh, maybe somebody else in here. Maybe I would have enjoyed it a bit more. Sometimes you got to pay the bills, no? True. Um, some crazy visuals for sure, as you would expect from Zemeckis. Um, design is pretty. It's it's pretty faithful to the source material slash updating it at the same time. They changed the setting. Hmm. Um, Octavia Spencer's good in it, but she's also acting with digital mice like most of the movie, unfortunately. Um, and again, it like barely qualifies as a horror movie, mainly because they really like, I, I thought the only way to really go after the Jim Henson witches in the original is to like go full bore something even crazier. And I feel like they really missed an opportunity to go super crazy with them. Uh, so yeah, Witches was disappointing. I've got a horror Jason one I want to run by Go you. God, um, please do. Dogs don't wear pants. Never heard of it. Know nothing about it. It's built as a Finnish horror film. Um, <laughs> okay, but it is a but like it's on Shutter, I believe, and uh-huh. it is pretty gruesome. And and what the, some of the stuff is unsettling, and some of like what you get to see is pretty out there. But then I look it up and it's billed as like a horror slash black comedy. A man's wife dies. And several years later, he is taking his daughter to get her belly button pierced and has a chance encounter with a dominatrix. Okay. And realizes that in partaking in stuff with her, he finds a new life, so to speak. Okay. And it is about that relationship that they explore... 
and him delving more and more into the fetish kink dominatrix side of things i don't know why it's listed in all the horror categories it's like a weird horror love story because you start out thinking that the female is all about like i'm just gonna like give pain i'm, I'm just i'm evil i'm brooding or whatever and i think maybe if they'd have made the character that from the get-go and it didn't go where it went, then you could probably justify calling it some type of horror movie because, okay, this woman's just a sadist. Who cares? Um, it's listed as a drama romance on IMDb. And that's weird because no, it's... Not even a horror subcategory. Dude, it's it literally popped up on Shudder. It popped up on... I mean, Shudder has non-horror stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's caked in with, like, it's next to, like, Evil Dead and, like, these other ones. And I'm like, okay, let me check it out. So I guess I'll make this an asterisk one if I have to, because what you see... You have to. I, I demand. Okay, you, good. Uh, asterisk movie. Um, dogs Don't Wear Pants, asterisk. Um, I think it came out, if not earlier this year, last year. I'm not sure the year on it. It's 2019 is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. Okay. It was very... Kinky? Erotic? No. Very just like, oh, I get... Because I'm going to... Listen, you're not going to watch it. Nobody who's the listener is going to watch it. When he gets choked by this woman, he sees the... You get... You're privy to what he... His wife threw herself in the water. She couldn't live with why, her. Why are we even talking about... You're spoiling a movie. You're not going to watch it. I, who cares? If you're not going to watch it, nobody else is. I'll give it to you. <laughs> God, dude. Okay, God. There's still plenty in there for you to get a hold of, okay? Some of it's really intense... It feels like it actually, like, there was no, like, dummy body, no prop stuff. Like, they went full bore with it. Okay. Pretty fucking, like, brutal in that sense. I thought maybe, like, the intensity of where they go and some of the things they partake in would classify it as horror. But, and I get, I didn't realize Shudder didn't have, most of Shudder stuff is themed towards, like, horror and whatever, so. Well, yeah. Yes, there are some that sneak on there, and I don't really know how. One I will recommend because it's hard to find elsewhere unless you're renting it, and it cycles through streaming every once in a while. Um, movie called Victoria, which is not a horror film, but it's just one of the best movies I've seen in the last 20 years. It's a, it's a no-bullshit single-take um, for like two hours. Hmm. And I don't even want to tell you what happens in it, but as a filmmaking feat, that's enough to sell you on it. And then within that, there's actually a really good story and great performances, which almost seems impossible. Victoria. Hmm. Huge recommend. Save it for November 1st. Okay. My last asterisk. I watched the Rebecca remake, new adaptation, whatever the hell you want to call it, on Netflix. What's that? you never seen Rebecca? The Hitchcock Rebecca? No. No, that never, never crossed my mind. All right. Brief I've seen Marnie. <laughs> that makes it any better. I believe, I believe you. I was trying to do a Connery. That's Marnie, right? It's Con- that's the yeah. one Hitchcock with Connery? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Basic rundown. Classic novel. Okay. It's been adapted a couple times. Dude, fucking never read a book every once in a while. I got a book I'm reading. I'm Return reading Return of the Screw? <laughs> what? Um, I read stuff. Okay. Who reads, Noah? You have to use <laughs> your hands. anymore. It's I like guess. a baby's toy. <laughs> it's like a baby's toy. Uh, I, speaking of which, I had to dip out on watching part two and part three, even though they covered them on blank check this month. I did do part one. It's not called part one. I did the first Back of the Future because it was tail end of September. 
but I couldn't do the other two. I'm really upset about it. <laughs> I had to I had to satiate myself by going on and looking up the clip from part three, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll bring your horse back, and I'll reshoe him. I don't shut that horse. <laughs> if your horse threw a shoe, bring it back, and I'll reshoe him. I don't shut that horse. Oh my god, dude. Tom Wilson's so good, dude. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Speaking of that, I forgot to tell you, The Frighteners. That was one I watched for the first time. That, That's one that I feel like a lot of people have been going back to this year specifically because for some reason. Because it's popped up on free on streaming I this guess year. so. And they're like, hey, remember, this was actually really fun. I watched The Frighteners for the first time. Um, this was back in the DVD Netflix days. But it was post um, Lord of the Rings. Or this was at least post Fellowship when I was like, Who's this Peter Jackson fellow? Uh, when did you watch uh, Dead Alive? Um, a few years later, because that was one that was hard to track down. Oh my for god, a while. dude, that was the... yeah. That's my favorite of that. I've never finished Bad Taste, and right. I've never been able to put my hands on Meet the Feebles. Um, but of the early, like low down, grimy Peter Jackson, clearly Dead Alive is the best. Yeah. Um, just that cover is like Frighteners is a fun time though, and I always forget to check it. It just it's a like has the feeling of like a huge budget like studio horror comedy from the 80s or something. I don't know something like Death Becomes Her or something like that but yeah I feel like I don't know I feel like people just didn't click with it at the time but it's it's always been like kind of a, a cult one and I mean I that's, feel like it would crop up on like sci-fi during yeah, their 31 days but that's also like the last of his big movies if I'm not mistaken he didn't do anything after that Michael J. Fox right yeah no that's, that is his last a, a beat for quite a while after that yeah yeah, then he pops back up on Rescue Me, and right? Yeah, but is well, he in a cities after, after the Frighteners, right? It's in the in he's, I think he leaves a, a couple I don't know. months after the movie. I don't know. Okay, Rebecca, tale as old as time, rich dude, um, with a dead wife meets the new possible next wife, um, whisk her back to his giant ass mansion, and. Surprise, uh, I killed my wife. Oh, what? Is that what happens? <laughs> you could write this shit, apparently. Really? Is that um, really? Like, tell me, for real, dude. I don't know what you're, you're talking about. You're not familiar with the story of Rebecca. Oh, my God, dude. Am I going to spoil it? I took detective right? fiction. I said it earlier. <laughs> I don't know this turn-of-the-century novel, turning whatever thing you're talking about. Turn of the screw. Okay. Okay. Turn that screw right into... Okay, spoilers what? for Rebecca, if you've never seen the Hitchcock original or read the book, or if you it's are It's an 18th-century novel, right? I don't think so. 19th, whatever. It's old shit. Or you're shit. looking forward to watching this adaptation, which is done by Ben Wheatley, I should mention. Dude, it did kill this sightseers. I was really yeah. amped going into this because I was like... A, he's touching a classic, an established classic. Rebecca won Best Picture in 1940, 1941, I forget. Um, And it's always one of those where it's like, why? Why do you want to do this? What are you bringing new to the table? And he played it super safe. I I really thought he was going to get, you know, a little more out there. A little more out in the weeds, a little more high rise, a little more kill list uh, with it, but never quite happened. Okay. Army Hammer is... Mr. DeWinter, okay, he's the rich guy I mentioned, and Lily James, is that right? Sure. The one from Baby Driver. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lily James, I believe, yes. You also got um, Kristen Scott Thomas in there, 
slightly in her only God forgives mode, which I appreciate. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, and Dowd pops up for a bit. But basic setup. He brings the new potential wife back to his manor with his giant staff and his housekeeper. That's Kristen Scott Thomas. And it's just all Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. That's the dead wife. Okay. Oh, things haven't been the same here since Rebecca left. Every, and she's learning about her tangentially through all of his friends because he won't talk about her. Anytime she asks, it's like, he just ignores her. He just gets up and leaves the room. Like, I don't want to talk about my dead wife, essentially. And she keeps thinking, like, oh, I'm not, I can't live up to her, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> tries to impress, tries to, like, you know, I don't want to be her, but, like, I'm losing my own identity trying to, like, you know, be enough for him all this different stuff and all that stuff is really solid that's kind of the meat and potatoes of it but then the big Shyamalan twist if you will spoiler alert for again a movie that has been adapted more than once if I'm not mistaken and it's based on a novel that came out I at least I'm talking 50 plus year it, it's old if they made the movie in 94 I don't know what year I'm not taking the time to look it up we'll move along big spoiler big twist Eventually, it's revealed. He's like, the reason I don't talk about her not be- is not because I'm so like still in love with her and judging you. It's because I fucking hated her. She made my life a living hell. She made me a cuckold, and she taunted me with it. So I had enough, <laughs> and I wanted to get out of this because she was going to cuckold me with this other dude played by homeboy Sam Riley from Control. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I <laughs> pushed that bitch down some stairs. Well, essentially, and then I covered it up by wrecking her boat with her on it. Cut to murder trial for this guy. And now it's like, this is when it gets, you know, really twisty or dark or whatever, which is she is immediately like, all right, well, now we got to figure out how to get you off for her murder. Like, obviously, <laughs> I'm with you 100%. And now it's us against the the justice system and, like, trying to cover up your murder because, obviously, this Rebecca was horrible. How could you let this do her? I definitely want to be with you, even though you fucking murdered your wife. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and I'll let you discover the actual ending for yourself. But, yeah, that's the big twist is that you she's being haunted, essentially, by the specter of Rebecca and trying to live up to her and then finds out, like, oh, she's, like, he hated her. He's not so in love with her. He actually hated her. That's the big twist. Right. Um, just watch the Hitchcock original. It's so much better. It's fucking Lawrence Olivier. Oh. In the Army Hammer role. I'm just like, oh, there's yeah, no, no, like. Yeah, no, 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 sir. One plus yeah. one doesn't equal two there. Definitely um, not. Okay. Also, for those of you who care, much in the same way that, like, PTA took Oil, the novel by Upton Sinclair, and just made There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not really an adaptation. But it is um, Phantom Thread. I don't know if you ever watched Phantom Thread. It's the last PTA movie we've gotten thus far. Um, the one about the guy who like stitches and makes clothes? Yes. Uh-huh. Very, very heavily influenced by Rebecca, but not like it in any way, shape, or form. So since I just spoiled Rebecca, just skip it, unless you're going to watch the Hitchcock original, and go watch Phantom Thread finally. Okay. That's what I'll say about that. Okay, that was my last asterisk. Good to go. What do you want to talk about? Color space. Color out of space. 
I tried. Yeah. Months ago. Uh-huh. We made it 20 minutes in. Uh-huh. Veronica checked out. I made it five more minutes past that, and I fell asleep. Do I need to go back and correct not having finished this movie? No, you're fine. I mean, no. I'm to, glad that if you're saying that to me, I take it as very genuine. No, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, it's, listen, it's, it gives Cage enough. It, he gets to be different and flippant. He gets to jump back and forth from sane to crazy. It gives him all that stuff. It's no Mandy by any means, but it is still a solid semi-adaptation and updating of a Lovecraft short story. Mm-hmm. Now, again, not as good as From Beyond. From Beyond from the 80s, I will give as like an extra... Re- so are you... You said next to Reanimator. Well, Reanimator really. I mean, Reanimator from Beyond. I guess because it's the same crew, and it's the same actors, they might as well both be the same quality of like adaptation and modernization of Lovecraft. Color Out of Space, I know, has been done a couple times. Yeah, tried to and whatnot, and it's been adapted under other names if I'm not right. mistaken. Right, well. and it is semi like close to it. I do appreciate that you get the the guy that comes in that's like, oh, I'm doing a geological study, and we're at, but you get the end with him of like wrapping things up, much like every fucking Lovecraft story right. where someone's writing you a letter or telling you what happened to them and how no one knows about the that, town, talks that, about the honestly, town anymore. From the from the bit that I watched, I was like, is this too faithful? Like, is this adhering too much to the text that it's almost like? not enjoyable for anybody who's not deeply steeped in this stuff right. because I got the vibe that it was like for some people this is probably what they complain about with every other adaptation is that it doesn't mm-hmm. take the time to really like do the due diligence of what's there in the text and I was like but maybe that's what you, you know I also again we're talking about something that is all about unknowable horrors and the second you want to show one of those things in any of these movies you've kind of betrayed the whole idea of these horror stories in the first place right. by trying to adapt them into a visual now, medium. the color out of space that, like, comes and merges the mother and son together as one being entity thing, the, 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 the special effects is all, like, real. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> No, it's not like CG. Straight it's up real, it's dude. all they merged that boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They pushed like... her. They pushed what? What's her face and that kid together? But like, that is batshit crazy. And you're you're keeping it in the dark when they get melded together, and then they're left to try and figure out what happened. And a lot of the a lot of the things that come out of this color, this meteorite thing, the way that they it it takes over people and eventually kills them is batshit crazy, and. I do like the idea that, like, they, much with all of his stories, there is someone who's like, I fuck this, I'm getting the hell out of here. Leaves, is able to, like, see that all this is done, and, like, we're wrapping this up, we're not touching this thing anymore, it happened, it's over with, we're gonna build a giant dam over it, and no one's gonna talk about the fact that this happened to these people, and I'm gonna be the only one that knows, and I'm gonna tell you the story, and that's that's it now. But... I think you are right in so much that like a lot of things do probably try to stay too close to the source material and they bore you because I mean the only thing I can think of next like I said next to From Beyond and Reanimator is something like In the Mouth of Madness and that is just such a its own thing but also a complete that could be a Lovecraft story for all you care 
But that's also a master at work crafting a Lovecraft version of like what he would do with it on film. And so like I think yeah. I need I'm gonna have to watch it before um, Halloween's over with. But the only- definitely this is gonna be a Carpenter centric week because oh, yeah. I have not watched anything by him so far. Me neither. So just adjacent stuff. I have one last brand new one and then I will be wrapped up with what I've done so far. Uh, that's been brand new. Okay. Um, well, no, I've got two more, but they're not movies. They're documentaries I want to talk to you about. Um, so I talked about Mandy. Mandy adjacent. Leviathan. Have you ever seen it? I don't believe so. Okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, that was a big yawn. Yeah. Apologies. Leviathan is directed by Panos's father. And it stars Peter Weller, Ernie Hudson, I, I'm familiar with the cover art and the like. Rich, I'm aware of the movie Leviathan. Richard Crenna? Yeah. And Daniel Stern. And Meg Foster, of all people. And it it comes up under. I just typed in Lovecraft into Amazon, mm-hmm. and this came up. I guess just because it's something in the ocean that comes out of the ocean that we don't know about, kind of thing. But the special effects look amazing in it. It's almost, it's honestly, dude, whoever did the special effects with this, they saw the thing when it came out and they fucking loved it. And they, <laughs> like, seriously, all Mandy joke aside, like, they, they fucking loved it, okay? And they put it on the screen in this movie. I promise you, dude. The dude, body whore. Where was the supporting actor? Oscar for Bill Duke for his one scene master class. Dude. Where was it? Oh he got robbed. God. He he got fucking robbed. But <laughs> yeah. I'm s i am watched Mandy like literally like I've watched it two times because I'll put it on to go to bed. Yeah. And sometimes I make it to the scene, sometimes I don't. <laughs> you read my shirt! You read my shirt! It's yeah. did you see you can get some straight up cheddar goblin mac and cheese? I know you're not like a big mac and cheese guy, no. but I would love some cheddar goblin mac and cheese. They have it for sale right now. That's crazy. From a Legion M store. Yeah. Oh, Legion. Okay, Legion M. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say seriously. I'm I'm not joking. The people who made Leviathan, they were the guys who watched the thing when it came out in the early '80s, and when. What? Panos or when George Kamasov's got money to do this in the late 80s, the things, the body horror of like what comes in and out of Daniel Stern's character, how it splits off and can become another thing, all the different shit that goes along with that. It's, it's not hidden as much as they hide something in the thing, but when it's out and shows you very little of it becomes that level of like, oh, this is just somebody in a rubber suit cheese. Like it's not that great. The end is a little there, but like the stuff that gets you to it is, it's definitely, I feel like they took a bit, a page book from a, a page out of Rob Bottin Carpenter, the book from The Thing, in order to make this thing that's down below, um, in like, I don't know, I think they're off the coast of Florida at this point. Um, Dude, I no, I'm sorry, I got lost in the David Webb Peoples uh, rabbit hole. He wrote the movie. Right. He also wrote Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Co-writer on Blade Runner with Hampton Fancher. Twelve Monkeys. Soldier with Kurt Russell. The uh, the the female, the love interest girl. She was the... Uh, What's-his-face's like, love interest in the Flash TV show. 
That's where you, I kept more like Amanda who? Page. Yeah. Gotcha. Where would I know her from? But again, I love. You know her from Max Head. That too. But I mean, I love Peter Weller outside of the RoboCop thing, man. Like, there was another movie I didn't tell you about. Or maybe you did. Maybe I did. But it was him and Sam Elliott in the late 80s. It was a buddy cop movie with the two of them. Hmm. But he was a prosecutor. Sam Elliott was an undercover cop. And they were exposing undercover cops. I might have talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. Shakedown or whatever. Shakeout, whatever. Batshit crazy you movie. But I love it. Peter Weller. Outside of the RoboCop thing, I wish Have more you people ever watch watched it. Naked Lunch. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Okay. I was gonna say it's like somehow the most Peter Weller, Peter Weller ever Wellered mm-hmm. is Naked Lunch. I mean, you get Daniel Stern. Another one of those that it's like, were they asleep at the Oscars that year? Like he should have at least been up, but whatever. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy. Okay. So what do you have? What, what you got? Any more? Are you going to tell me? Or are you going to make plans for the the weekend and see what we're going to well, end up? We can up? definitely do that. I've got a few real quick. Um, Carnival of Souls, which is available on HBO Max right now. It's also one of those that I think might just straight up be in the public domain. So I think it's kind of everywhere. Okay. Um, I have it on one of those like fifty classic yeah. horror movie DVDs as well. Um wanted to see it because I knew like Lynch was a big fan of it this is like 60 I want to say mid 60s 65 possibly um woman gets into a car accident literally in the opening and shortly thereafter moves to a new small town and just like just keeps seeing creepy shit happening hmm. I really want to spoil it beyond that but she's kind of haunted by a uh, a grinning man um, who's actually the director, like playing the the creep, essentially. Jesus, very dreamlike, very like it's surrealist in a way that, like, having seen a lot of movies that came after it, I was like, oh well, I kind of hate how much they explain stuff in this because it does have a kind of like ultimate ending that clarifies stuff that you don't necessarily want clarified. You want it to just be a little more ambiguous and haunting. Uh, but that being said, there's some pretty great imagery in here and like use of sound and score. Um, as far if you're looking for a good black and white, creepy classic, and you know you've already done Night of the Living Dead this year, I would check out Cardinal of Souls. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Big influence, I feel like, on Lords of Salem as well. I need to go back and rewatch that yeah. one. We saw that in theaters, and I haven't seen we it did, since. Yeah. Me, you, and like what one other person? Yeah. Um. Okay, I, the, you may have actually seen this one. The house's October built. No. Okay, so a movie that I totally would have passed by, and I have passed by many times because the cover art, it looks like trash. Right. It looks like straight to DVD trash. Um, really pretty solid found footage movie. It's about a group of friends traveling across like. I think it's mostly in the Southwest, but they're doing a series of haunts. They're going to different haunted houses in different states, all leading up to Halloween. And they they're looking for like the extreme, off the beaten path haunted houses, like the stuff where there are no regulations, where things get a little bit crazier. Like they're looking for the real where you actually chills, die, essentially. Okay. Yeah. And so in the process of this, um. They kind of come into contact with this group who's known for doing extreme haunts. And shit gets weirder and crazier as they get closer to Halloween night. Where they eventually are going to get to go experience this like 
what they're told is like a fully immersive, like the craziest one there is, etc. Um, and I don't really want to say anything more than that. I will say that the ending kind of takes its foot off the gas in a way that you don't necessarily expect it to. But the buildup and the setup of just like, there's a lot of them just like walking through actual haunted houses and documentary footage exploring people who work at haunted houses. And the idea that like, yeah, you get out in some of these rural areas and like, there could just be some fucking creeps in their costumes after work who maybe just like want to take things a little too far, want to creep you out just a little, a little too much, a little outside the rules. Um, and again, the setup of it, I, I feel like you would really dig it. The setup of it is super strong. The ultimate payoff is a little like, ah, maybe I wanted a little more from it. Come to find out there's a, the house is October built part two. Which I watched a little bit of the trailer of and I was like, oh, so that's where you go with it. Okay. And I was intrigued to at least check it out, even though I've heard both of these are not particularly well-reviewed. I was surprised how much I liked them. I got semi-positive recommends from Mayfield and also from uh, one of the Ringer podcasts I was listening to where Hmm. it came up. I was like, you know, I actually heard two people that I semi-respect say, or respect their opinions rather, (laughs) just in general. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't respect you at yeah, all, but your opinion is bit, fine. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That one's on Hulu. I think it's also on Prime. I think it is on Prime, and I thought I saw it on Hulu. And Hulu. it's a short one, too. It's like an hour and a half. Definitely. Some good, as as far as found footage, creepy stuff goes, there's some pretty solid moments in it. It's a lot more kind of creeping dread and impending doom than it is jump scares, which I liked about no, it. No, yeah, I like the doom. A lot doom. more atmospheric. Um, I watched House. Not the one you're thinking of. The other one? Haosu. Yeah. From uh, 1977. Yeah. Never seen it before. Always wanted to. It's available basically through the Criterion Collection on HBO Max. Dude, just one of the wildest, most batshit crazy movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Nothing like it. Nothing like it on the planet. You can call it horror. You can call it whatever you want. It's one of those movies I would say, yeah, I would. Anybody that likes movies. And is even the least bit curious about like what movies can be and what weirder shit there is out there. Just watch House. You're gonna have a crazy time. I'm not gonna say you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a crazy time. It is wild, dude. Hmm. Wild stuff. And effects that you're just like, what? This is how you did these? Really? You said um, it was what year now? 1977. Oh, okay. Same year as Eraserhead and Suspiria. And I'm watching it and I'm like, this is... And Star Wars. Star Wars, of course. Well, I mean, you're talking Um, about special effects. How you did these shots, I'm just saying. I mean, I was mainly talking about two of the greatest, like, surrealist horror movies ever made. Not that Eraserhead is traditional horror. But I I was watching House and I was basically like, yeah, so like the same time that this is coming out and people are seeing this in Japan, like... Yeah, there's this, uh, there's these other movements going on in the stateside, and then I remember like House was, I believe, a midnight movie in like New York and L.A. for for a while, and was like the people who did see it over here were like, dude, have you seen this fucking movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's out there, but it's basically it's a bunch of girls who are about to go off for their summer vacation, and their plans get kind of messed up, so they end up going to the um, house of one of their aunts, who's like. May or may not be a 
which adjacent sort of person. I'm being very vague. Uh, hmm. just, there's some weird shit going on in her house. Well, okay then. Okay. That's really all I have to say about that. And I'm just scanning over this one more time. The only one I have not mentioned is a documentary that I believe you watched as well. So I think that's where we're headed now. Um, Two I hours also, and 22 minutes. I also watched Survival of the Film Freaks. Not this one. You, you not mentioned in Search it of last Darkness. time. Survival of the Film Freaks. You mentioned it in the previous October episode. Yes. But it's, any, any I mean, it's, if, you like, if you like, if you have any affection for the cult movie at all, you will appreciate this movie. This This is a good... A a good one. I am gonna. Ha- I waited. Are you are you done with In Search of Darkness? Yeah. Thanks for waiting. Because after I missed a whole year and didn't realize it for a day, I was like, Yeah, I definitely missed a whole year. I need to come yeah. Back. So like, I can go watch the rest now because I made it through eighty five. Mm-hmm. All right. So I can go finish the rest of it and I'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Good. I'll do that as part of my round out with whatever Carpenter I want to throw in there. Okay. Um, in Search of Darkness, I think we mentioned it previous episode. It's available on Shutter. It is a four and a half hour documentary exploring the the best um, of eighties horror in the entire decade. And it literally goes year by year and kind of just hits. I love how they have kind of like the headliners. Like we're gonna go deep on these, and by deep I mean like seven eight minutes a piece. Um, on some of these, they got great talking heads. And then there's always, towards the end of each year, there's always, okay, here's like four or five that are like, hey, if you if you really want to, like, did you, you check out something the, you haven't did seen. Did you forget this came like, out this year, too? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of those in there, and they're talked about with great, you know, fondness. But then there's also, every year ends with, like, kind of a little, a little genre theme if you will or like some aspect of the the genre in that decade that they want to look into right um because they do backtrack some what they're like with what they show you they jump around a bit which i like and i think that honestly anytime you got a project like this that's this long and involving and even though we obviously each watched in chunks um i thought the editing was was pretty top notch in terms of like what clips they chose to use, mm-hmm. what talking heads they were able to get, how it's all integrated together. Like it's just extremely well put together. This is one of the more comprehensive that I've seen that I can think of. Mm-hmm. My only thing is I, I understand and a hundred percent appreciate the reference for the, the eighties horror. I would love to see one of these about seventies horror. And I would really love to see something like this about, Nine, 90s horror in general because I feel like in most people's minds it's literally like uh, there was nothing going on and then scream right like midway into the decade and then we talked about it earlier Blair Witch Project in 99 and those are like and maybe like Sixth Sense yeah those are kind of like the three big blockbuster like horror moments if you will of that decade but it's like there was so much other stuff going on you know there was obviously the teen slasher kind of leaps to the forefront but there was other other stuff going on yeah seven which we mentioned earlier i'm saying some more like off the map so i would love a deep dive on 90s horror i think i think it's overdue at this point the 80s has been thoroughly explored especially after in search of darkness like yeah, they don't really need to ever make a 
that's what's crazy is when you're watching it, you realize like, oh yeah, multiple of these movies have like full on six hour documentaries devoted to them. Mm -hmm. Like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, obviously like Monster Squad has its own documentary. Like, yeah. And somewhere in there you're like, man, I really want to watch Nightmares in Red, White and Blue because that was my favorite one because it connected horror to like the American like Americana Mm -hmm. and it like it it looked at horror as like, this is a thing for us. This is what we do. This is what we make. This is what we talk about. And I, I just, and, I always appreciated that. And given the the talking heads they had, I will say I I don't know that there was anything that was like particularly revolutionary. It's a lot of the same kind of things that people go back to the well when discussing this sort of stuff. But it's also nice to check it, in and see how everybody exact, looks. That's like everybody exactly looks good. What it is. John like, Carpenter looked great. What, King what Potter bit, looked good. What bits are they still telling about this movie? Or, yeah. Or more importantly, what bit did they go with for this documentary? Because right. it's like they spread the stories out across mm-hmm. different ones. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, that was the great thing about that one is I watched it early enough in this. And it kind of took the place of like, well, I don't have to sit through yeah, exactly. an hour and a half of right. all of these to see. It's like, I'm going to get the greatest hits, the highlight reel of the movie. And if it's something I haven't seen that I'm really like, oh my God, I got to get to this. Uh, I mean, that's I'll how I found from beyond. I was like, wait a minute. And as this I is was, here. Let me yeah, go ahead and see and it. From like, beyond has been on my list for a bit, but let me tell you right now. So from beyond, I'll probably do spiral that you mentioned. My big one, just because I feel like it might dip off of there at some point, and I know it's not straight horror, but I think I'm going to cram it in here. I can finally watch Maniac Cop. You remember months ago. Oh, I watched one and two. When the Refn announcement came through. I rented three? I was like, dude, I've never seen any of them. And Wait, what are you talking about? Refn is producing a Maniac Cop series for HBO. What? We talked about this... I, I know a lot has happened. To listen, Noah. Listen, <laughs> a, a lot of shit ago. has happened. Yeah, dude. We talked, you know, Too Old to Die Young came out. It was the best show of 2019. No big deal. And, uh... You're asking me out. to go back a year? Oh, my God. No, I'm just saying, like, it came out. Nobody talked about it. It got maybe a little bit of a reassessment this year during quarantine, but not much of one. But we talked about it at the time. It's like, dude, he just, like... HBO clearly saw what he did on Amazon and were like, hey, you can bring a little of that over here. You can bring a little of that over here. They didn't do you right, man. They hid you like off the main screen for like six months. They couldn't handle it. We can handle it. We got our own streaming service coming up, by the way. We need some of that talent. Yeah, the stuff they have in the the hopper is very exciting over there. But yeah, all we have right now is a teaser poster. But yeah, Maniac Cop reimagining West Coast, Dirty Cop. Reference producing. Presumably, we might get the first episode directed by him. And well, that, somebody else will take over. That wasn't okay. What have you seen, Maniac Cop? No, that's the whole. That's all of what you I'm. You said just Dirty saying. Cop, and I'm like, that's not even the whole. That's not even okay. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know. You don't and, know. And watch shut it because I'm gonna watch it. Do it. Do it for the Bruce Campbell of it all. I'm having flashbacks right now. Okay. You knew he's in that, right? Yes. Okay, good. Well aware. Okay, so we're at two and a half hours. Right. Get this. The previous October episode. Two and a half hours. It was was two hours and some change. Right. And about an hour of that, we talked about actual horror movies. The first half was purging, if you remember correctly. Right. Okay. So all told, we've done about three hours and 15 minutes. You split that up. 
That's like kind of like three episodes. Yeah. So we still didn't hit four <laughs> four weeks worth of content. And this was definitely way more half-assed than it has been in years past. I'm sorry we didn't have any uh, Brothers Blanchard episodes for you. Uh, and if you would like to voice your simp- your opinions and your Yeah, you can yell at them on Instagram if yeah. you want to. Um, but yeah, sorry we kind of dropped the ball on October. But we do have something pretty special planned for you. First part of November. We've announced like, it literally publicly. the first port, yeah. part of November. We've 19th. announced it publicly, but we haven't said it on mic. Headed your way, November 2nd, the day before the 2020 election, possibly the most important election of our lifetimes. Gavin and I are going to drop a new limited series called Rerun the Jewels. It's our first music series in quite a while. This was Gavin's baby. This was his payback for me making him listen to all those Y albums, which he thoroughly enjoyed. And it's not really payback at all, because I fucking love Run the Jewels. And we're going to talk about all four albums, but since we're putting this out in the world right now, we have yet to record RTJ4, or RRTJ4, if you will. Right. Okay? So, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns about RTJ4, or Run the Jewels in general, you can hit us up. TheArchiveE at gmail.com. Let us know. We'll read your questions on air when we do that episode. We're recording later this week. Yeah. So you got some time to uh, to get in there. Give us your thoughts. And all of those are going to drop on the second. So you can just binge the whole thing. And then I think we've mentioned it before. But if we get a decent response, maybe we'll come back into a fifth episode. But for right now, it's just going to be those four. Yeah. And I can say something right now while we're wrapping up October. And just thinking about 2020 in general. This thing has made me come to terms with... This year has made me come to terms with a lot of different things. One of the things in the midst of that is like... We're not really like promised literally anything. And you and I constantly come up with stuff that it's like... Put that on the list, man. We should do that sometime. Or we should get back to that. I'm thinking we make 2021 the year of clearing the books... Right. Which is literally like, let's fucking finish the Bay of Lynch. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and do that Rodriguez revisited episode on Alita Battle Angel that we still need to do. Because um, there's been movement on that. Yeah. Maybe we do the Paul W.E.S. Anderson cast. I don't know. But maybe 2021 is the year where we just we just chase the stuff that we've been wanting to do the whole time and like just go for it. Yeah. If we're still here. Well, yeah, if we are. If there is a 2021. Right. I mean. If the clock doesn't just roll over and it's 2020 part two. Electric boogaloo. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I would like that. It's kind of shitty we didn't do any of that during quarantine when we had the time, but I understand. Well, everybody's like, you know, figuring out how to live their lives again. Yeah, but like, now that we got it, I think we're okay. Yeah. we could. We, if anything, this has proved that we aren't promised anything but give us enough time, we pretty much figure everything out we need to figure out. I mean, we we haven't been making it this long to just up Oh, it. excuse me. The other big portion of that, and the reason I brought it up in relation to Run the Jewels and our Y podcast is we still owe two episodes of a Y podcast. Oh, yeah, we, we do. So that, that would be also on the docket for like, yeah, 2021 is the... That's how I feel like we should kick off the year 
is just in sequential order. We're just going to burn through all of our projects that yeah, we had set up. That works. And occasionally do these where we get together and talk about what we've been watching. Yeah, because it's fun. And ramble on incessantly. Yeah, because this is fun, but it's also kind of why I like doing the Run the Jewels thing or how we did it, because it was nice to watch something or listen to something. Yeah, to focus in on something. For instead a, of a just like, oh, we're just going to catch up on stuff, which I mean, I don't yeah. mind catching up, but at a certain point, it's like, I, I got to I gotta curb, curb that focus onto something, you know? I think, you know, we're just planning. I'll probably cut all of this stuff, whatever. We're going to end the episode in just a moment. I think the biggest thing... We we make two by two retro reviews mm-hmm. a monthly thing. Yeah. So we do twelve of them in a year, and those episodes also on the front half are where we can do our what we've been watching, etc. for the month. Yeah. And then the rest of the time we just we we crank out the limited series, man. That's where I think it's at. I think there's enough movie and TV related pod general TV and movie podcast out there in the world. So, I think we need to get get niche with it. Yeah, get niche. Yeah, twenty twenty one, the year of the niche. The year of the niche. Yeah, calling it. Okay, um, this has been a long rambling wrap up to October twenty twenty. It was what it was. Uh, yeah, it's not over yet. Halloween's still it's not over still, yet. Still I've coming still... along. Be safe. Um, don't 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 get candy from strangers. Uh, don't go out. Don't don't do anything on Halloween. Just be smart. It's not worth it. Don't go fuck yourself. Yeah, don't go fuck <laughs> yourself. Yeah, Halloween twenty twenty. Don't, don't go, go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. That's it. That's that's that is perfect. Yeah. None of that spooky voice bullshit. Oh, hang on. Noah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> sounded like you said Noah, go fuck yourself. Not yeah. no, go fuck yourself. Noah, okay. I'm telling you, okay. I don't want a receipt. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> That was a great way to win the Uh Yeah, it's October 2020. Uh, yeah, that was that thing that we do. Yeah. I've been Noah. I've been Gavin. <laughs> We've been the Blanchard Brothers. Uh, yeah. What do we say now? I, was gonna I say, don't know. I don't know. What do, you, what do we want to say? Thanks for... Uh, there's literally... There's like one person that will have made it this far. So, right. Mom, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Mom. And uh, happy birthday, Dad. And, and, thank, <laughs> and Mom, way way to go on going tit for tat with us. On the, She's done a movie a day, if not more. Yeah, I know. We need to, like... She is stuck to it. Maybe we talk to her on maybe, Halloween. Maybe we make Mom a regular podcast guest next year. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We're going to... We're going to figure something out. Oh, sure. She would love to see you. Okay. And have you in the room. Um, so, yeah. Seriously, last time I mentioned it. Um, let us know. October's not over yet. This episode's coming out like the last week. But uh, let us know. What's the what's the scariest thing you watched this month? Uh, what's the thing that we should avoid? Like the plague? Like <laughs> one where you took one for the team and just watched something really bad? What's the thing you we should... You pulled a Gavin? Sp- What's um, the thing we should spend six months inside avoiding the plague for? What is that? You should make a plague avoid like the plague joke. You made that this year. I love it. I didn't even think about. <laughs> it. I know. Thanks for highlighting that, though. I pre. I, I'm glad you're here, Noah. Okay. I don't even know if this episode is releasable at this length. Probably. Appreciate anyone who has made it this far. <laughs> we love you very much. We'll see you in November uh, with rerun the jewels. Uh, I'm Noah. That's I'm G- Gavin. It, 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 I got okay. it. <laughs> We're the Blanche <laughs> Take <brothers>. us home. <laughs> <laughs>